Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You better put your goggles on. Big Sills! And it is a football Friday. How you doing? Say it with me. Hey, Eagle fans, are you really looking forward to Sunday? Say it with me. Holy cow, do I? Hey, how come last night I'm watching the Jaguars go to 5-2 and two on the season? I'm watching Trevor Lawrence. That's a quarterback you want to build your franchise around. That's exactly what you're looking for. That's exact. Besides the hair, which is goofy, he looks like a Barbie doll. Besides the look and all that goofy stuff, he actually looks like like Lassie. And I'm like, outside of the hair and all that, I'm good. Doug Peterson, five and two. Damn, that guy's a great coach. Shit. Wow. Man. Good win for them last night. By the way, Derek Carr's having a nuclear meltdown. So he talked shit to Pete Carmichael. Hey, man, I think the pressure's getting a little bit around your throat there, kid. You might want to back off the ledge there a little bit when it comes to talking shit with people that are trying to help you get somewhere. Bad look, kid. Bad look. You're trying to resurrect your career, dude. Oh, man. Sunshine, that's it. Guy looks like sunshine. Come on, sunshine. Holy cow, man. I mean, seriously, that's how rednecks look down in Florida. Still have like a, um, what's that thing? That uh, ponytail and long hair. He looks like a redneck. (laughs) Oh, man. He's a good ball player, though. He's a good ball player. Wow, is Doug Peterson a great coach? Damn, I can't get over what I watched last night. By the way, Mike McCoy, nice job. Nice job, Mike McCoy. Look at Mike McCoy and Doug Peterson working with Trevor Lawrence as they're getting him better and better and better and better. And they're in the AFC. Week eight of college football this weekend. Hey, by the way, Jim Harbaugh will be in the NFL in 2024. I think that that, that pilot light just about out for him in college ball. Two investigations by the National Communist Association of America. That dude's going to be in the NFL next year. And it won't be in Chicago. You know where it'll be? You know where it'll be? Los Angeles with the Chargers. The next head football coach of the Los Angeles Chargers is going to be Jim Harbaugh. You want to go out on a limb? Next head football coach. A coach who was 49-17-1. and and In the NFL, took a team to a Super Bowl, 
when Colin Kaepernick is going to be the head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers. There's your new head football coach next year. Okay? Week seven of the NFL. Damn that Doug Peters. I'm sorry. I'm having my, my Tourette's moment here. So if I happen to be saying that throughout the show today, please excuse Damn that Doug Peterson's a damn good coach, man. Holy cow. So, I mean, hey. Oh, by the way, don't forget our great. This is the last day. Damn that Doug Peterson's a heck of a coach. Of our great giveaway, your chance to win gift certificates with our friends at Hooters. All you have to do is email your information to dancillioshow at gmail.com. We will announce the winner on a football. Damn that Doug Peterson's a good. Sorry, I'm sorry, man. I just am trying to control myself here. And Tone's going to throw out a code word throughout the four hours. And all you have to do is identify that. Code word, and you send it to Tone. We will announce the winners on Monday. Damn that guy. Whoa. Woo, man. How about how about that kid, Trevor Lawrence, last night? 209, 63 yards rushing on a bad kneel. Hey, SOS, Mrs. Watson. You know, you might want to take a look at what Trevor Lawrence is doing in Jacksonville. You know, Mrs. Lawrence, the quarterback in um, Cleveland, might want to take a look at that. No, he's not Mrs. He's Ms. Ms. Hey, Ms. Watson, you might want to look at what that kid did last night, Thursday night football. Okay? Hey. Okay? Ms. Watson, you got to show up. You know, my arm, my arm's not feeling, you know, really great. So I don't know. I have to go get, that's, that's a dude that gets a pedicure. I don't let any dude touch my feet. I mean, I'm not, I'm not closing my eyes and I'm waking up and there's a dude touching my feet. I mean, I'm sorry. I don't see any redeeming quality about that thing there with a dude touching your feet. I'm not getting a pedicure. Nobody touches the big sills feet, especially a dude not working for me. Okay, but Miss Watson in, Watt, in Cleveland, I guarantee you, it gets pedicures. Okay. No dude touches Big Sill's feet. I, I, I ain't closing my eyes waking up in a salon. I look down and there's there's Billy touching my toes. <laughs> I don't know. I, hey, two things you'll never see with Big Sills. Me at a bar with a bunch of dudes, like 25, and a dude named Billy touching my feet at a salon getting a pedicure. That ain't working. Okay. I mean, you get a pedicure in San Francisco at that stadium that the Niners play in. <laughs> Not me, man. How you doing? All right. Game of the week at the link. Game of the week. Dolphins versus the Eagles. Hey, get the MLB playoffs going on. Right? 
hey, hey, get this. You got a harder shot to get into a strip club in Phoenix than you do to get in to the ballpark that the Diamondbacks play in. I mean, there's a longer line at the Million Dollar Saloon in Phoenix than there is to get into the ballpark to watch a Major League Baseball NLCS. That's so sad. That's so sad. I mean, honestly, got to get you got that. That's that's criminal. Ace Big Sills. So was it Howie's ego that Peterson? Oh no, we're getting to this. Was let go after winning the Super Bowl, and that's why you think we may not win it with Nick. How you doing? Like Ace was looking at my play sheet here. What are you doing, Nick? What's going on, Ace? That guy in Jacksonville. Damn, that guy's a good coach, Doug Peterson. Shit. All right. You see, this is one thing we don't do. We don't do soft opens. We get right to the stake. I don't, I don't really like foreplay or anything like that. Big Seals is not a foreplay guy. I like I like getting right to it. And that's what we're doing here. Okay. I'm not much, I'm much, I'm not much on small talk, as you can tell. And some would say, well, he's got limited vocabulary. Okay, whatever you want to go. I don't care. I'm not trying to fool anybody like people like Kwani and LJ and some of these other guys in here. You know, Kwani, Kwani's like, you know, tries to be sophisticated, but always remember this, dude. You're from freaking Philly. How much sophistication can you possibly have? I mean, okay, you're just like me. Don't shit yourself. You could dress yourself up all you want, okay? But you're still a Northeast guy. You, you, you can act sophisticated, Kwani, but you're not. See, Kwani's a guy like, you know, he changes his name like Tony Dorsett. Instead of Tony Dorsett, he's like, he's like Kwani. <laughs> <laughs> He's Kwani. All right. I'll tell you something, man. My my guy Tone, by the way, segment at 3:30 Eastern. Then the greatness of Philly Godfather at 5:30 will join us. I want all this time for us. I want all this time for us. Man, my guy Tone's running for mayor of Philadelphia the last couple of days, man. I'm telling you, between the Rager comment the other day and that prediction I heard, shit. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. I may, I'm, I may, I may have, I may have some reservations about what I'm some of them takes of his. Holy cow. I can't wait till 330. All right. Here's how I see this puppy playing out at the link. Yeah, we'll have we'll, hey, we'll have Mayor DeShields on at 3.30. <laughs> hey, man, let me tell you something. He could have a four-win team, and he's still going to go and say, I think we beat the Cowboys 19-18. <laughs> the Cowboys could be 15-1, and and he's going to go like this. You know, I think we're going to win the game. You know, a safety nine seven. Yeah, that sounds that sounds right. 
Even if both teams suck, hey, you know, I'm going to go probably 6-3, Eagles. <laughs> Married the Shields. That should be his new – that should be the new gimmick, man. He is the mayor of Philly. Tone is the mayor of Philly. Good for him, man. It's all good. Here is how Big Sills sees this game playing out on Sunday. And then I'm going to tell you something that I think you'll appreciate after I give you my prediction here. Eagles, passing yards, passing offense, ninth, 245 a game. Rushing, 150, second in the league. You're putting up 400 yards a game, and you're keeping every team in it? I'm going to tell you why. Points scored, 25-8. Remember that number. That's sixth. Your defense. Pass defense, 232-2. That's 20th. Make sure you remember that number. Rush defense, number two, outstanding, 65-8. Let me tell you something. In today's NFL, if you're under 100 yards rushing and you're at 65-8, you're dominating people at the point of attack, especially in your tackle position, in your tackle play. It's really good. Now, look at this. Points allowed. 20.7, which is 15th. So you're scoring 25 points a game and you're giving up 20. Theoretically, if we round them up, you're scoring 26 points a game and you're giving up 21. That's a five-point differential. You're in every game because of your turnovers and your shitty red zone offense. I mean, it's plain and simple. These are not just numbers now. These are who you are and what you're doing over a six-game collection of trends. It's not just stats. It's what you do. And it's very simple to see. You keep everybody in your ball game because, quite frankly, I mean, what do you hear what the Dolphins do? Now, again, the Dolphins have to prove something to me in this ball game. Here are the Dolphins. Passing yards, 316-8, number one in the NFL versus the number 20 pass defense. Ouch. Rushing yards. This is going to be interesting to watch. 181-8, number one in the National Football League versus the number two rush defense in the NFL. The game could be won right there. Who wins that battle? Point scored, 37.2. Do you understand that this Dolphin team is putting up 500 yards? A game in offense, like 495 something. Woo! Pass defense, 229-219th. Yeah, you know what they're doing right now? Do you know what the Eagles are doing? They're looking at that 229-2 and looking at the 19th ranking. You know what they're doing? We're going to throw the ball. They've already got an idea how they're going to attack that team instead of waiting until you get into the game and go off your 19 scripted plays and then adjust at the game, not adjust eating pizza Saturday night. So it's predictable, man. 
You're not flashy. You don't do any motion. You don't do any. It's not really that hard to figure the Eagles out. Okay? The problem with the Eagles is you just usually don't have the talent to beat them. Hey, you know what? You can have a simple boxer who's just a great knockout guy. That doesn't necessarily mean you can have all the skill on the planet. That guy still knocks your ass out. You get knocked out. Brian Johnson is on the hot seat. Next few games will be critical for him. I've seen enough of him in six weeks, brother Sills. Thank you, David. I appreciate that. Points allowed 26. That's 26. But here's the difference. They're scoring 11 points in the differential between points scored and also points surrendered. Now, again, I will surrender this point here. Who the hell do the Dolphins play? But who the hell have the Eagles played? And you got beat by a shitty team. At least they got beat by the Bills. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. The shitty team beat the Bills. That's crazy. The Bills have better wins on their schedule. I never thought about it than the Eagles and the Dolphins. Look at that. How about that fun fact? The New York Jets have two better victories than anything both the Dolphins or the Eagles have done going into this Sunday night game. How you doing? Bucks and Rams? Look at this guy. Scott thinks beating the Bills and the Eagles are the equivalent to beating the Bucks and the Rams. Talk about a turd take. Eagles have played way too many games super close. And especially against subpar rosters. You know, I, 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 I found out something yesterday from some of the people in the Miami organization. Do you know what Vic Fangio's role was in Philly? Do you know what his role was? And then I heard Fangio address it at his weekly press conference. Do you know what his role was? Tone, anybody, do you guys know what his role was as a consultant for the Philadelphia Eagles and a special advisor? There you go, JM. I think people really just absolutely thought he was a defensive consultant. He wasn't. What he was doing was game planning against the game plan that Steichen had a year ago and how he would go about game planning with the talent that they lined up against a year ago. So Vic was taking the opposing team's talent and looking at how he would go against the Eagles, and he was more of an offensive assistant. That gives him such an advantage because on a week week basis he was he was there's no question he was probably helping out a little bit on the defense and philosophy and such but his number one job was to game plan on a weekly basis the game plan that they were going to use that Sunday in 2022 so on a week-to-week basis he was figuring out how to beat Hertz that's got to play a factor here He's got to know the strengths and weaknesses on what to do and not what to do. I, you know, I was always under the assumption, and wrongfully because I didn't do my homework, that this guy was helping more out on the defensive side 
because there were more struggles there a year ago. You want to know why the Eagle defense um, struggled, but you want to know why the Eagle offense was so good last year? You had Shane Steichen and Vic Fangio putting together a game plan on a week-to-week basis. Think about that for a second. Think about that. You had Vic Fangio and Shane Steichen putting a game plan together and trying to figure out all the the quirks and what would work and not work on a week-to-week basis. That's some pretty good minds putting game plans together. That's some pretty good shit you got there. He was trying to figure out a way to beat Steichen, like in a war game. Remember I told you that's what some of these coaches do. Like Belichick, Belichick was more of an offensive. That's why Bill thought he could put a defensive guy in there. Because he and Brady used to do that on a week-to-week basis. Okay? Pretty smart. So he's got direct insight. The personnel really hasn't changed much. It, it, it hasn't. And everyone keeps going, what's the difference? Coaching. I'm going to say this here, and I'm going to say this about the Dolphins, and I, I, I want to be candid here. You got to show me you can show up at a big game and win. Okay? I mean, I thought Buffalo did a nice job on you. You got into a big game in your division. And I really didn't think you really did a great job. I even think actually New England kind of slowed you down. You got to show me you could do something here in a game on the road. You want, Hey, if you're the Dolphins and you want to win a Super Bowl, you got to beat teams like Philadelphia on the road. Because you may have to go somewhere cold on the road in a playoff game. If you don't win your division, say you're in the AFC East and Buffalo wins the division, you're going to have to go on the road, maybe to Cincinnati. And you got to win on the road against these elite teams. Okay? You've got to. Big Seals, I called Boomer and Gio on WFAN this morning and asked Boomer a few questions and mentioned you and Jacob Media. I'll super chat what he said. Get out of here. Get out of here. Did you really? You did not, Maniac. You did not. By the way, man, you guys are doing some historic things here with the show. Killing it. Okay, we got a lot of room to grow, but you're killing it. Keep it up, man. A couple million people checking in the product, man, between the the clips. James, great job. Tone, spectacular job. Ollie, Xander, Big Joe. Keep growing this bad puppy, baby. Keep growing it. Now you guys may hate me. Here we go. Prediction time. Twenty-seven twenty, Miami Dolphins. They beat the Eagles on Sunday. Now, can I tell you why? I think the injury bug prohibits you from slowing this team down 
in October. If you play this game in two months and you have all your personnel, I'd probably take you. But I think you have too many nicks and bruises and people out in October. Play this game two months from now, you probably win this game. Okay? Do I think the Dolphins are better than you? What is it, October 19th? Yes. December 19th? Probably not. Probably not. Do you understand where I'm at here? Dolphins by 10 until coaching doesn't screw us. Do, 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 you, do you get where I'm at here? I'm not necessarily saying that. And, and by the way, my problem is suspect on the defensive side for the Dolphins. Okay? Not so much the offense. But I think the Fangio factor does matter. Anytime you can game plan, look at what it's done to your team when you don't have strategic game planning going on. Okay? So, again, do, does that make sense to you guys? Devin asked a question. If the Dolphins get beat by the Eagles Sunday, Devin, I'm prepared to say that the Philadelphia Eagles are back. And if you can stop that offense with the limited talent you have on defense, there's not a chance in hell Kansas City can beat you. And it would be hard-pressed for any team in the league to beat you. A win like that when you're wounded, you're going into this game with a wounded right tackle, Blankenship, not a lot of confidence in Sidney Brown, Slay's banged up, you're going into this game versus a track team that's healthy. You're going to try to run a 4 by 100 relay game in a relay versus the Jamaican national team with Hussein Bolt on it and beat him with guys that have been hurt with hamstring injuries. 88's right. Now, how about this? Would Look at 88 here. 88's right. If that if I'm the Eagles, I'd run the ball 65 times at them. Make them stop the punch. Don't feel you have to be in a TV show called The Arms Race. The Eagles want to be in the arms race. Instead, you should want to be in the heavyweight champ. I'd rather be the heavyweight champion of the world than the fastest guy in the world. Okay, you're the fastest guy in the world? Congratulations. I'm the baddest dude on the planet. Who would you rather be? What title do you think holds more weight? Being the baddest mf -er on the planet? 
or the fastest dude on wheels or whatever. I don't really care about that. 27-20 Miami. And one more time here. The only reason I'm saying this is because you're wounded. I don't believe the Dolphins, if you put your 53-man roster healthy with everybody there versus the Dolphins 53, like watch this. Jalen Waddle and Jalen Waddle and AJ Brown and Devontae Smith and Tyree Kill. I don't know. It, it's just different. Those are speed guys. I mean, AJ fits like Tyree Kill doesn't fit. He doesn't fit the Eagle offense. That's not what they are. They're a punch you in the face, no shit, no frills kind of football team. Hey, now, Riley, do do I think you can? You bet I do. But I, I I'm I'm not confident in the coaching. I'm just not confident in the coaching. And, and get this. This is going to be a huge game for Jalen Hurts. Is he going to insert himself more? Is, is he going to like go, no, we're not doing that. Is he going to want to be more involved in the game? I hope so. You know, that's another thing. You think Jalen's really evolving also as a guy who thinks he has the equity in the locker room and in the coaching meetings where he's going to say this? Let me ask you this. And think about this for a second. Do you think that organization allows quarterbacks to have input in the game plan of what they want to do versus what the coaches want to do? How many people think that Jalen Hurts has some input? I mean, has major input right now. I don't. I think he's got to say. But they empower those coaches because how he does. Shit, Carson Wentz didn't, and he was a second runner-up too. He had no say, even when they thought highly of him. Why would they change that notion with Hurts? They gave, they gave Wentz big money. And when Doug and him were trying to do something, everybody in the upstairs, according to Tone and all you guys, wait a minute, okay, this guy says it's fake, then how come Doug Peterson every Monday after a win had to go and explain 17-14 wins to your stupid owner? When you have to explain wins to your owner, your owner should, shit, should sit in the corner and shut the F up. This is not a beauty pageant, dog. This is about wins and losses. See NFL. Who cares how it looks? You think anybody gives a shit how a game looks in October when you're standing there in the NFC title game? You think anybody really reflects back? Yeah, you know, I remember that Atlanta game. And we only won 17-14. And, you know, nobody gives a shit about that. You care at the moment, but you don't care in January. And, and, and one more time, I want you to hear what I'm saying because I know most of you don't. You only take 5%, okay? You only take 5% of what I say, okay? On October 19th, you're injured and banged up. 
I think the Dolphins, you have no way of slowing them down. There's just not a chance. You know, if they only had Tyree Kill, I would think you probably have a good chance to stop that thing. But they got a bunch of, dude, they got guys all over the joint, and they got a superior play caller. Brian Johnson versus Mike McDaniel. Really? Even Vic Fangio, the D's, they're superior coaching in this game in the Miami side, not your side. There's nowhere outside of Stoutland. Okay? You don't have good coaching. Ken, I, I, want, I, I want to emphasize and pull back on that because I do like to sigh. Okay? Riley goes, you got guys all around the field too. Who? And your safeties. Who? You don't have a linebacker that's going to cover those running backs and those slant patterns. You're 20th and past. You have nobody to stop that offense. You couldn't cover guys last year at your linebacker position. And don't give me that stupid-ass conversation about a guy who's played 43 plays, N'Kobe Dean. Oh, I forgot. He's a molecular engineer. <laughs> Whatever that means. Two things you guys said that was the dumbest shit on the planet this past offseason. That N'Kobe Dean was a molecular engineer and that Brian Johnson's been boys with Jalen Hurts since he was in his crib. <laughs> it's no bearing on anything. That's no bearing on anything. Well, you know, those guys have known each other. and that, Well, what am I looking at then? What does a friendship have to do with play calling? Because you know the guy, that makes you a good play caller? Hey, no disrespect to, to Dom. Um, no disrespect to that guy that was on Sports Take. But because you're best friends with somebody doesn't mean shit. Are you a good play caller or not? Are you a good defensive coordinator or not? Nobody gives a shit. Bill Belichick don't like doesn't like anybody. And that include Lawrence Taylor and coaching for a decade. They respected one. You need respect for each other. And I'm not saying that Brian and Jalen don't have it. I'm sure they do. But you're either a good play caller or you're not. And you being boys with somebody has no bearing on it. Well, I know him. Fantastic. So you just have to take one of the blocks down when it comes to being a good coordinator, knowing the guy's temperament. Fantastic. Okay, now let's move on to play calling. How's it been? Shit. Shit. Ah, there's that beautiful five and one record. Yet the Jets have better wins. And they're three and three. Okay. And they're three and three. Three and three. How you doing? Now let me hear some of your scores for this game. This ought to be this ought to be hilarious. I got Tone already 3130. Let's see. 3130 Tone. I'm writing that puppy down. 27 
20 Sills Dolphins. He's got birds. Hey, Marriage of Shields has the birds. <laughs> really? <laughs> what do you got here, man? As an Eagle fan? Whoa! 40 to 20? JM 34 20. I'm assuming birds. 34. 34 20. Holy 24. Here you go, sales. 50 to. Hey, <laughs> 77. Honestly, say it with me. You were one of the guys that they greased the pole on Broad Street because they were worried about you. Say it. <laughs> hey, hey, 77, say it. You were one of the guys that they were nervous about when they had the parade there. And, you know, I mean, you were one of the guys. 50 to 17, come on. Hey, you, were you not one of the guys when they – 7721. There's another grease pole guy. <laughs> hey, you better hope it's not 77 in the other side. Because that team's capable. Look at Tone putting them obnoxious score. 37 <laughs> 30. Eagles. 70 to 20. Another grease pole Broad Street guy. <laughs> How you doing? Olive oil on the poles. <laughs> <clears throat> hey, Quan. Extra virgin olive oil. Okay? Extra light virgin. <laughs> Come on, Kamala. 8021. <laughs> 2813 birds. Is it Kamala or Kamala? Okay, I can't tell the difference. They visit the border. Chargers keep losing. Trade for oh man, I love Derwin James, one of my favorite players. Man, extra virgin fitting for me. <laughs> Eagles are fond of wasting time eating up the clock. They'll never, dude. They could never score that many points. You're right, but hey, you know you're trying to stop that other team on the other side from scoring that many. Twenty-eight, twenty-four birds. Could be. Could be. We will we will turn tuna into dolphins tuna Sunday. All right. I'm gonna do a topic here, and I think you guys may wait a minute. I have to debate whether or not I'm gonna do this because this is going to really hurt. And the tone probably won't come on at 3:30. <laughs> or Marriage to Shields won't come on at um, 3.30 after I do this. Go ahead, Sills. <laughs> Are you guys ready? <clears throat> there. After watching last night's Jags game and how well it was coached, surely now, 
after the two years in how things are handled in Philly, Howie Roseman can't really think that when he fired Doug Peterson, that this coaching staff is an upgrade from Doug. There is enough of a work sample on what Doug's doing in Jacksonville on the one thing that Roseman has done to cripple your franchise on a week-to-week basis and stunting the player's growth is the lack of coaching across the board. Do you have the best O-line coach? Yes. Is Rocker look good? Absolutely. But these coordinators, hey, Steichen, to Howie's credit, was a really good hire. Gannon, in my opinion, hey, get this. When you become a coordinator in Philadelphia, did you hear what um, the Sports Take guys' guests said? These guys are going to be in line to be head coaches. So do you really think they care about the players or them themselves and the growth of themselves to try to get a head coaching job. When you're a coach, if you become a head coach, it's a precursor to the success you have because your players and you're there for your players. Look at the advancement that Trevor Lawrence has shown between urban liar, a bad coach and Doug Peterson and Mike McCoy. Look what Doug did. Do you know, do you know, you see, a lot of you probably do know. I know Mike McCoy very well because he was the head coach of the Chargers. I should post that picture of me and him. I really liked Mike. I just never thought he was a head coach. But you know what he is? He is a heck of a quarterback coach and play designer. And do you guys know who was in San Diego on that coaching staff? With Mike McCoy when he was the head coach, Shane Steichen, Nick Sirianni, okay, Mike McCoy, we're all on that coaching staff. And Frank Wright was the OC. They got this little pool, these guys. Then what did they do when Frank got the job in Indy? They all went there. And then when Doug got the job, the offensive coordinator right now in Jacksonville is Doug, and the quarterback coach is McCoy. So he puts good people around guys to win. Philip Rivers' best year he ever had was in. San Diego when Reich was the OC. And if I'm not mistaken, even when Phillip Rivers went to Indianapolis, then they take that Bills team to the to the to the like to the very end of that ball game where they could have beat them. I think it was I think it was the Bills. They almost beat the Bills. Rivers was insane. He had a great year that year. Had a great year. Look at the coaches that those guys put around their talent. Look at the coaches you had in 17 around Wentz. And when that left, Carson Wentz 
deteriorated because Howie didn't properly put good people around Wentz. And that combined with the infighting was clearly the demise and Wentz's character was exposed. Because Doug, Frank, all those coaches in that building, they massaged it and hit it. Do you understand when you have lesser coaches like that, you expose your players more to tendencies that they rely on running right, not taking interior blitzing and pressure well. All of that comes back into play because you go back to what you feel comfortable doing. And you're apprehensive. When you watch that team last night, that Jacksonville team, I'm watching that Jacksonville team. Trevor Lawrence played with a bad wheel, a bad knee. He was questionable. Five carries, 63 yards. Doug says, we need you to run. You got to run, dude, whether you're hurt or not. That's what's going to loosen up that Saints and, and Dennis Allen's defense. They're assuming you're going to throw for 375 yards. Look at the fundamental philosophy change. Trevor Lawrence in a bad wheel. You know what they did? They put the cheese out for Dennis Allen and he bit on it and he lost at home in the Superdome where Lawrence has never won. That's how you freaking develop and coach. Setting the cheese. That's why when you get into games with Mike McDaniel and Vic Fangio, you mean to tell me you think that I feel comfortable with Brian Johnson and Sean Desai versus those guys with that type of talent and how hot they are? Where would I come up with that and go like this? Yeah, no, you have the personnel even when you're banged up with all the injuries. Nick Talk, a Biden beat the fence on Monday, D-Cells. Julio Jones looks slow in Tampa. Need him in the road zone. That's it. Shit, I'd line him up at tight end. Trevor Lawrence looked great last night. He was great. Continuing to get better. Hey, let me say this to you. I promise you, Doug Peterson's going to win way more division titles in that division then Nick Sirianni will win in the NFC East. <laughs> you know why? He's got more say. You think Trent Balky's telling Doug Peterson what to do? Highly unlikely. Especially when you build the equity up of winning a Super Bowl and turning a guy's number one. That's the number one overall pick that was looking like shit under Meyer. He looked like Baker Mayfield. Doug goes in there, sprinkles the Doug Peterson dust on him. Shit, that guy's a franchise quarterback. Not a chance in hell. So I ask you again, why in the world would Howie Roseman hire a guy that was less the talent of Doug Peterson? I believe Patricia covers up and helps decide. There's nothing wrong with having consultants in there too, Devin. Why would Howie do that? Ask yourself this question. 
He's not an upgrade. Why would you have the lesser guy in there and you fired him? You had to sabotage him in the end. Why did you do that? You know why? Because Doug was building the equity up in the building the same way they gave it to Chip Kelly. And he didn't want to be swept in the closet again. So he fired him and set him up. That guy is a really good, he should have been the coach of the year a year ago. And again, I'm not revisiting. I'm just saying, you fired that guy? And you think Nick Sirianni's a better coach than Doug Peterson? That is an absolute un... And get this, you notice no one says anything about it because you know why? Media in Philly, we get a nice call from Bob Lang and the Eagles. Why would you say that? Or they wouldn't put people on the show like they did it to Angelo at the end. That's how they control the narrative. And then those stupid records. Get this. Nick's got the records. Doug's got the Super Bowl. See, when I put Doug's record out there and post it, I put a chip at the end. You know what you put? Nothing. I mean, there's an, it's an ego fire. That's a narcissist fire. Dude, tell me you're not impressed with Doug Peterson last night. Dude, Jags are five and two. They're going to get to the AFC title game. They're, that team is getting better and better and better and better, and they don't even know it. And by the way, they're the freaking Jaguars. So when Doug went into Philly, he didn't have to change a culture. The culture's already set. That's a great culture for any coach to walk into and succeed in. Like going into Chicago right now, that's a shit environment. But look at Cincinnati, what Burrow's doing with this guy, Zach Taylor. Seriously. I mean, it's the greatest era of football in Cincinnati because Burrow's there. And he changed the culture. When you have culture-changing coaches and players and you get that dynamic right, I don't care what the emblem is on the helmet. You're going to win ball games. Steve goes, I'm taking a shot. It's No, I want to know why you hired a lesser coach. Or excuse me, fired what I saw last night. That was great play call. I don't know what the hell, man. I'm telling you, that should have been more made of a deal of. And you know what they did? They hung it on all those shitbox guys you were throwing the ball to in the four-win season for Wentz and all the garbage that was going, playing around with the roster, sitting guys here, sitting guys there, trying to get – you know what he did? That four-win season, you know what how he did? He not only sabotaged Doug Peterson, but he was sabotaging him with the excuse that he had to go get a higher draft pick. So at the expense of the coaches and the players, how we wanted a better pick. That's tanking. You basically, that four-win season, you acted like the Sixers under Elton Brand. 
I mean, I'm sorry. And the reason I'm doing this is because I, I'm, I've been watching for six weeks here. And again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go here with you. I, I mean it. I'm liking some of the things that I'm seeing with Sean Desai. Somebody goes like this. How do you know that? What are you watching? What are you watching? How do you not come to that conclusion? How do you not come to that? That's the story. That's what you did. That's not a hypothesis. That guy took a backup quarterback with a very talented roster and great coaching and took you and beat the GOAT. Then what happened was that guy started losing assistant coaches. Same thing Belichick has happened to him in his front office with Nick Casario and guys like that and assistant coaches. And then the talent started. Some of those guys were mercenaries like Chris Long and them dudes. And then he gets some of the pieces right and his drafting sucked. I'm watching Doug Peterson last night, and I'm going, you fired that guy? For that guy, the cheerleader who bullshits you on a Wednesday and apologizes for not having more input in a play that cost you an interception turnover against the shitty Jets. Oh, wait, that's made up too, right? You think Doug Peterson would ever have his play-calling duties taken from him? Ask yourself that massive question. You think Doug Peterson, I'll bet you anything. Now, this is a guess. Tone, I don't know if you know this, because I don't. I wonder if Howie wanted the play-calling duties taken away from Doug so that he could kind of cripple his strength as he was growing with more power in the organization. Because remember some Jeffrey Lurie had to pick between one or the other. And he, and he went out with Howie. The reason he went with Howie was because they've always done that with guys like Joe Banner going all the way back. They've stuck with the GM because the GM watches the owner's money. Why did you, why did, okay, then get this. If I'm way off base, why did they blow him out again? Why did they blow that guy out who's superior to Nick superior. Like, do I think Doug Peterson could go up to Chicago and turn that thing into a winner? I do. Do I think Nick could go up there? He's Matt Eberflus. Why did they fire Doug again? Why did Howie fire him? Why did they fire him? Look, I know you guys love your birds. And again, this is sports talk conversation because I saw how good and a job that Doug Peterson's doing with the Jags. The Jags are an awful organization. Awful. He won a division title last year, a playoff game, developing the number one overall pick into who he is. And he's got one of the better records in the AFC. Why did you blow that guy out again?
Oh. Oh, I do get it. That's why you ain't winning the Super Bowl. Dude, do I think that Jalen Hurts can revert into something like Carson Wentz? Is there more of a chance that that Jalen falls into the same pits of Wentz? I'm going to say no because he has better character. But he should take more ownership because that guy has the capability of putting him in the gutter like he's done before. He's not a football on-the-field guy. He thinks he is. Jerry Jones isn't. Because he won four games. Because that damn roster that season and because how he wanted – he yeah. So let me get this right. He won four games, and that four-game season, so you look at that four-game season of being completely undermined, and when he finally got control of his own destiny, that's what you see in Jacksonville. Huh. How he's not in the way in Jacksonville. Jacksonville. How he ain't in the way there. Nobody's in the way. So let me say this to you. Hey, here's the even million dollar question. Dude, I mean it. I'm watching Trevor Lawrence play last night, and I'm going like, he convinced him to play on a bad knee. And you got Mrs. Watson in Cleveland crying about some shit. And that coach, Kevin Stefanski, can't motivate him to get out there and play. And they got a good football team. And Doug's like, we need you. I don't blame Doug entirely for that 4-11-1 season. Hard to win when your entire offensive line is on IR and your quarterback has the yips. Yeah, no. And get this, when you had shittier coaching and shittier players, once his character was exposed. Absolutely. That's why I don't believe that Jalen will go down that same road. But Jalen is trending not up right now. He's kind of flatlined. And if you want really want to be fair, he's flatlined because the coaches have put him in turnover situations. Jalen Hurts is not the fault here. Jalen Hurts is being put in more turnover situations. Doug is 55 and 47. Get there. See that right there? This is where this guy's so stupid, this LJ guy. Doug is 55 and 47. Had to come in and pick up the bullshit after Chip Kelly. You probably say the same shit about Vermeil. Who's a better coach, Vermeil or Nick? Got a better record. Got a better record. He's got a better win percentage, doesn't he? According to LJ and his bullshit stuff, he thinks that Nick is a better coach than Dick Vermeil with his with his metric. Sirianni's a better coach than Vermeil. 
his metric, he thinks he's better. Ungrateful ass fans. Doug won the Super Bowl and coached his ass off and turned a mess around. Turned a mess around. Mess, you guys tell me all the time, you don't even want to bring up that guy. Look, look, look at people, some of the people in here going like this, that, um, that Sirianni's got all the equity. Really? So he hired Julio Jones. That makes sense then, if Nick did that. Bullshit sign. You're right. You're like this, Sills. It's really nothing. I know. I know. How about this? Do you think you're going to win a Super Bowl with Jalen Hurts next five years? Yeah. Do you think Jalen Hurts wins a Super Bowl with Nick Sirianni as his head coach? If Sirianni ever ended up coaching the Commanders or Giants, fans would turn on his ass so quick. (laughs) Without Doug and Wentz, you're the Lions. Ungrateful. And Swartz. Hey, by the way, let's just do this. Let's just do this. So you got to, hey, hey, Tone, think about this for a second. So let me get this right. You got a coach in Jacksonville who's five and two. You got a defensive coordinator who is on track to have a generational defense in Cleveland with the best defensive player in the sport in Miles Garrett. Hmm. And the OC of that team is the head coach in Carolina. And he was the OC in that Super Bowl. All three of those Super Bowl winning coaches are successful coaches. And you fired them. Resigned. Elevated. And you fired the head rooster. 88. Hey, what's do me a favor? 55. Look at this. Look at look at C88 down here. Here's Nick. 5547. Nick, since the two and five start, is 22 and 2. Doug was 55 and 47 with a Super Bowl ring. Who'd you rather be? 88 would rather be 22 and 2 than 55 and 47 with a Super Bowl. That's all you need to know about some people. That's all you need to know. Five and one.
Nothing. Five and two. Super Bowl coach. You will never have anything over him. No matter what his record is. Nothing. You have nothing. Sirianni is here. And Doug is way up here. Twenty-two and two, goose egg, fifty-five and forty-seven, Lombardi Trophy, got a nice ring to it, doesn't it? And you fired him because you hated that he was right. He was right. Hence, what we're seeing. He was right. Doesn't it bug you? That the two coaches that are that are Super Bowl winning coaches, you fired for your front office. You fired Andy Reid. He goes to Kansas City. Doug wins the Super Bowl, gets fired, and now he's turning around Jacksonville. How how do you justify this? How do you justify it? And you hire lesser coaches because your general manager is afraid that one day a coach will have the autonomy in the building to fight back in some of your decision-making on personnel moves like Julio Jones or whatever. I mean, I was really confused. Uh, dude, that was such a great game plan. I'm watching this thing last night. And... I just, for the life of me, kept going, why in the world would you get rid of that guy? If it became a point where it was a power struggle between the coach and GM. And that's why you got lesser coaches and these training wheel guys. Dan acts like we're not one of the see look see that guy medium he's saying that I'm acting like the Eagles are not one of the best teams unfortunately you are one of the best teams but unfortunately you have one of the worst coaching staffs you've been out coaching almost every game Hence why every team's been in games. Why you have high turnovers. You can't get the ball in the end zone. You're kicking field goals against shitty teams. And you actually lost against the worst offensive football team in the NFL last week. Not all percent are equal. Doug fired himself. Doug fired himself because he knew he was right. So he was fired because the general manager believed he was right. Is Seifert a better coach than Schottenheimer? No. He went to Carolina and proved the fact that he sucked. Schottenheimer went everywhere. Marty's problem was in the postseason. I mean, Seifert goes to Carolina. He was 1-15. I think he was 1-15. He may have actually had a goose egg. I don't think they were 0-16. But he was one in 15. 
This guy took the Jags over. Ron Rivera took Carolina to a Super Bowl with Jake DeLome. Do you understand that? Ron Rivera took a football team. Oh, wait a minute. No, that was the that was the D coordinator. That was the D coordinator. Um, what's his name? He was in Denver. He's the guy that took that guy. He had Jake DeLome. He had Cam Newton. Greg, Greg something. I forget. Was it what Greg? Um, help me out, guys. Who was the coach at Carolina? Greg, um, he was a coordinator in Chicago too, a little bit. John Fox, that's it. Thank you very much, Forrest. Thank you. That's right. John Fox is the one with Jake DeLome. I mean, that guy, he took a team to a Super Bowl with Jake DeLome, who was a worldly football player. So what, is he as good as Nick? Oh, no, because Nick's 20. What is it? Let's let's, let's be fair here because look at Eagle fan telling 75% of the true story. Let's go here. Um, he's 24 and seven. Or is that right? Am I right with that? But Seaford has a Super Bowl win versus shots zero. No, you're right. Shot and Iver can go anywhere and coach. George Seifert can't. Yeah. It, you know why that co- that entire football team, you know who George Seifert is? Barry Switzer. George Seifert's Barry Switzer. That was Bill Walsh's team. Carmen Policy and John McVay built the team. He takes a Super Bowl team over, wins it, and they fired his ass. Gee, if he's so good, why did he get fired? You know, Marty Schottenheimer is 14-2 and because he had an argument with A.J. Smith, the general manager. He wanted to keep Breeze. He wanted to trade Rivers. And get this, that decision probably cost San Diego a franchise. If Drew Breeze stays in San Diego, the Chargers probably win a Super Bowl. Marty wanted to keep Breeze. Everyone forgets Drew Breeze was a Pro Bowl quarterback in San Diego. Andy Reid was fired by the Eagles and got better. Okay. All right. My friends, all good. We really appreciate everybody coming aboard here, man. Hey, listen, I got to tell you, my good friends at Northeast Hooters to go or northeasthooters.com, please do me a favor. Any one of the seven locations nearest you, we appreciate it. Hooters2go.com. Thank you so much, guys. Hey, our great specials, buy 10 wings, get 10 boneless free, Wing Wednesdays, 1983, northeasttutors.com. That's northeasttutors.com. Do me a favor, hit the like button, keep it here on the National Football Show.
and Hooters, the perfect pair. If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger. And I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. Win and save this baseball season from Colony Pools and Power Washing, a local company serving Delaware, Delco, and Chester County since 1970. Are you tired of looking at your greenhouse? Is your roof, siding, deck stained green from algae and mold? Let the experts pressure wash your home and take the pressure off of you. Win with Colony Pools and Power Washing. Call them now at 302-762-2250. That's 302-762-2250. football league here in a minute as well but uh, we have another Carson Wentz sighting we have a Carson Wentz sighting and it happens to be in New Orleans this guy's unraveling Derek Carr's unraveling pressure's getting to him he is completely unraveling Screaming at your offensive coordinator. Hey, you know what's crazy about New Orleans and about what everyone thought? That's Pete Carmichael is a good coach. But Sean Payton was the play caller with Breeze. Derek Carr and Pete Carmichael are not Sean Payton and Drew Breeze. Look at how important it is to get the coach and the quarterback right. Whatever that look is, I mean, <laughs> you got you got cars screaming on the sidelines at players and coaches. Ask yourself, that's a leader? Look, dude, I don't mind if that's Drew Brees. Jalen Hurts. I don't, I mean, 
That's a prime example. Right there. I want to show you something here before we get more into this Eagles and Dolphins. And we're going to talk about the coaching. You know what? Here, let me do this. I got to write this down because I'll forget. Let me do this now. Dolphins and Eagles. Who has the better roster? Today. Not in September. Today. Who has the better roster? The Eagles have a better overall roster with guys banged up today. Not September. October 19th, right now, all those 10 names. You think you're better than the Dolphins going into this game Sunday with an injured Slay, an injured Blankenship, an injured Jalen Carter, injured safeties. Do you really believe you're better when you know that those players aren't even healthy? Your old line? Well, your old line is not what your old line was last year. You think your old line is playing better this year with the amount of turnovers you have and no red zone scoring compared to last year? And your quarterback's getting hit more. You And you got Lane injured. And he's playing probably 80%. And you think you're better than you were a year ago. How ridiculous. It's complete head in the sand shit. Yeah, uh, Dave, I did say better roster on October 19th. Yes. Yes. You got injuries all over this, especially on defense. But you're better. I'm not talking about, again, this is the point. You see, this is what I keep telling people. They'll take 5% of what I said. And I'll listen to the full context of it. Do I think you could be better and beat them in January or in December when you're healthier? I do. October 19th, I do not. You're not healthy. Oh, Joshua goes, Sills, no one is 100%. Yeah, but you're hurt at corner. Safety, right tackle. You're you're hurt at linebacker. And you're thin. Thank you very much, Charlie. 
19th to 20th, to me, it's a day in the calendar for sure. I don't give a shit. 20th, great. Okay, whatever. Miami's banged up. Miami's scoring 500 yards, or they're putting up 500 yards. You're the 20. Hey, so even when you're healthy, you're still 20th pass defense. They're number one across the board. Well, they put up a lot of points against. They they put up a lot of points <clears throat> against Denver. Who'd you beat? The Bucks and the Rams. Sure. And like I said to you in my evaluation going into this game, I have the same concerns with Miami. This is a Super Bowl game for them. This is like a game where you're either going to be a true contender or you still got some work to do. You see, to me, it, and, and and this is where you most people miss this. The Eagles know how to get there. The Dolphins don't. They don't know the directions and how to get to a Super Bowl. They haven't been to the Super Bowl since Marino in the mid-80s. They have no idea how to get there. The game Sunday matters to them because that's part of the journey on getting to the Super Bowl is beating a contender like that. The reigning NFC champions. That's how you go, wow, okay. Now you start opening everyone's eyes. And are you the best? See, right now, get this. How crazy is this? You're putting up all these. Can I tell you, this does remind me a lot. They're not as good defensively as that Vermeil Rams team. But I'll tell you flat out here, they remind me a lot of that year. How many... Hey, Tone, I don't know if you remember that, but I don't I don't know if you guys remember. How many times did you say week in and week out when Kurt Warner was throwing the ball? This can't be real. This can't be real. This can't be real. This can't be real. They're not really that team. Man, they're throwing the ball all over the yard. Do you think they're going to win the Super Bowl or are they going to be like Marino's Dolphins? Man, they throw – man, are they real? We're going to say that all the way until Sunday night. And then after Sunday night, you're going to do this. Got into the arena with a big-time brawler, and they couldn't handle the pressure. It's going to knock them back 50 steps. That's how you take a team out of contention, because you know why? Look at it. You know what the, you know what the Dallas Cowboys are doing publicly right now? They're trying to build back up their momentum with words instead of actions. They think beating a shitty Chargers team and beating a Chargers team that was sloppy like they were is building back up their momentum. You don't build your momentum back up beating the Chargers. You build your momentum up. By the way, the Jets got momentum now to try to make the playoffs because they beat the reigning NFC champions. There's wins and significant wins. The, the, see, the Eagles, they can lose that game and still get there. The Dolphins don't know how to get there yet. They, The Eagles don't need that game. That's what I'm trying to tell you. You're banged. They don't need that game. 
The Eagles want that game. The Dolphins need that game. You can't keep landing on teams that you kill, put up these empty calorie stats, and people calling you a Super Bowl contender. But when you get into the room with the Bills and the Eagles, they blow you out. Because then, you know what you are? You're kind of like the Cowboys. The Eagles don't need that game. They want it. Because then people will go like, I will too. Look at this team, man. They're fighting shitty coaching and still with the roster they have, they're still winning ball games. That's a testament to the players in the locker room. I give no credibility or whatsoever, only to Sean Desai, Tracy Rocker, and Jeff Stoutland. The rest of those guys, whatever. They're accountants in a firm, including the head coach. I mean, Philadelphia goes into that game, and if you're, get this, if you're the Miami Dolphins, you've got to be telling yourself, hey, they're hurt. They're not what they were a year ago. You're doing everything you can to build yourself mentally up to try. It's like being in a prize fight. You know, it's funny. Angelo Dundee used to come on my program all the time. And you know what he used to say when I was on in Tampa? He'd come on and he'd go, why do you think Ali talks so much shit? You think he was doing it to embarrass? Some of it, yes. But he was building his own mentality up and building his own confidence up with his enormous talent. He was putting himself in a mental frame where you were going to have to kill him. Those Frazier-Ali fights, how many times you heard Joe Frazier or Ali say, it was to the death. It was to the death. That famous fight in Manila. I'll never forget what Angelo said. Angelo said that Ali was sitting on a stool getting ready to go out in the 15th and he couldn't stand up. He goes, I can't do it. Cut him off. And Frazier's over on the other side. And there, he's like, well, the round that, uh, what's his name? Eddie Futch stopped it. He goes, I, he goes, and, and then Angelo goes, stand up, stand up. He stood up. And when Frazier looked over and saw him, he couldn't get off his stool. Imagine you fight like that and you fight that much and you put that much of your heart and soul where you'll put your life on the line, that's what you build yourself up for a sporting event. That's what you build yourself up for. I don't give a shit what it takes. You're going to have to kill me. That's what the Dolphins have to do. Because they're not going to lay down the Eagles. When And... I saw somebody in here say this, the Eagles don't get blown. Right, because you know why? you got to play 60 minutes of football against them. you got to go 12 rounds. See, the Cowboys, you can go seven rounds and they'll quit. That's a quitter's franchise. And you know it. See, the Cowboys have to keep – see, the Cowboys talk for – they talk and don't perform. The Eagles don't really talk. They just perform. Different mentality, man, and how you approach shit. The segment. My good friend, Tone. 
I should say, actually, uh, Mayor DeShield. There he is. Look at uh -huh. this, man. Listen here, sir. Ow. Mayor DeShield's reporting for duty. What can I do for you, silly yo? <laughs> that Listen. is wonderful, Mayor. We're, we're, we're betting the farm on Philadelphia. 31-30. We're betting the farm. Why are you, hey, Mayor, why are you so convinced that the Eagles will go into this Sunday night game and stop this Miami Dolphins offense. Well, let me tell you this, Silio. First things first, glad to be on your show, sir. Thank you very much, Your Honor. And we will be donating to Tone DeShields and Mayor um, in trying to yes, repeat sir. again for a second term. Yes, sir. DeShields 2024 now. Why are the Philadelphia Eagles going to be able to knock off the Miami Dolphins? Our physicality. The physicality of the game. Miami Dolphins. Pure finesse, got a lot of speed. They're a bit healthier. They got they got the coaching on their side. But guess what? We're more physical. We got the mentality. We got the heart. We're coming off of one of the worst losses we've seen in a long time, one of the most embarrassing losses that we've seen in a long time. I believe Jalen Hurts is putting everything on the line this Sunday. Sunday night football, the lights are the brightest, the Nick Saban Bowl. I'm betting the farm on Philadelphia. It's all about passion, all about glory. It's all about everything you can't quantify. Yeah, the Dolphins got the numbers on their side, but guess what? Philadelphia, the Eagles, they got the city of brotherly love on their side. I'll tell you that. But, Mayor, you're banged up a little bit. Your your uh -huh. staff is not at full force right now. Okay. So you're comfortable even with some of the people that you can replace on your staff that you could go into this game and slow down a freight train right now that, Mayor, I'll tell you, man, I, they, they have momentum over you. Well, Sills, you make a lot of great points. I'll tell you that right now. Like I said, the betters are on your side. The numbers are on your side. But guess what? This offensive line is going to push those Dolphins around. I believe they're a little bit overrated on defense. They got some talent there. But guess what? That offense carries that team. You limit their possessions. Best believe the Philadelphia Eagles can win this game. Now, I, I know I said the score is 31-30. But I think realistically, based off everything we've seen from this Philadelphia Eagles team, it could be 27-24, Philadelphia Eagles. But again, I think the Philadelphia Eagles need to run the ball. If you can find a way to limit the amount of possessions that Tua Tagovailoa can have, if you can find a way to sustain long 13, 14, 15 play drives when you kill half of the quarter, I believe the Philadelphia Eagles can win this football game. Now, look, I understand our coaching staff has not been playing up to par. They've been very underwhelming. Nick Sirianni, you got to step your weight up, sir. Brian Johnson, this is the time where you got to earn your paycheck. Vic Fangio has the 411 on the Philadelphia Eagles. He was supposed to be in the, in the midnight green, but now he's wearing the Dolphins lime green. But that's all right, though. I think Sean Desai has been coaching his behind off. Is he has a tall task ahead of him. Now, you asked me yesterday who has the tougher job, Brian Johnson and Sean Desai. I'm going to stick with Sean Desai. Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, Raheem Mostert in the backfield. Now, they are missing Devin A-Chain, their star running back. But I do believe the Philadelphia Eagles can dominate at the point of attack. Our defensive line versus their offensive line, I'm betting on Philadelphia. Our offensive line versus their defensive line, I'm betting on Philadelphia. Eagles can win this game. They got to have a balanced attack. That's where I'm at with it. Balance equals wins. Damn, I think LJ's thinking that you're Huggy Bear, the pimp. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he thinks you look – he says you look strong, but I'm like, I don't know, man. I'm <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, you call me Mary the Shills, Big Shills. I got to oh, no, come. No, you are. No, no. I got to come mean, correct, uh, baby. 
I got to come no correct. You're breaking that bond with you and Philly. That's not happening, man. Never, never. Not, there's not a. Have you ever bet against Philly? Never. <laughs> never have. Never will. No can. No how. Oh, so you're like Pete Rose. So like you're 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 gonna you're gonna put the money down on teams you know you're gonna win. But if you have any kind of reservation about that game. That's the game you're not betting, and you're going to pass on that week. Well, here's the funny thing about me, Shills. I have reservations about every game. You know why? Because those guys go out there and put it out all on the line for their city, for their teammates, for their organization. So I'm always worried about guys getting hurt. I'm always worried about things not necessarily going our way. But I'll tell you this much. When it comes to Philadelphia, they understand what's online. They understand what's at stake when it comes to this game. They know they came off a terrible loss against the New York Jets. Terrible. As a matter of fact, Nick Sirianni was going to adjust the team, but then he said, you know what? My players are going to hold themselves accountable. Jalen Hurts, Jason Kelsey, Hassan Reddick. They spoke to the team, even Devontae Smith, the king of drops last Sunday. But guess what? He's going to make up for it today. We're going to see one of the most electrifying games we've seen all season. A.J. Brown, arguably the best wide receiver in the NFL right now. Tyreek Hill arguably the best wide receiver in the NFL right now. Now, I do worry about Darius Slay's knees. I wouldn't put my money on Darius Slay's knees. I'll say that. But, again, you limit their possessions, we're going to find a way to win this game. The, the Eagles have to play their brand of football. They can't get caught up in the shootout. They can't get caught up in the glitz and the glam of the bright lights. Get physical, impose your will, and you limit them to about 60 plays, you can win this game. Who's guarding – Tyreek Hill again? We don't have to revisit that again, Seals. Oh. I already addressed it. We already addressed it. See, you're trying to knock me off my square. Oh. And I, don't, I, I, I sure don't appreciate it. But it's okay. Like I said, we have the dogs to be able to win this game on offense. We have it. Short aside, I trust I trust his, his, his brain. I trust his ability to be able to coach these guys up. We saw when they had Cooper Cup and Puka Nakoa, two of the hottest receivers in the game. Now, sure, they may not be speedsters, but they're big bodies and they're and they're superb route runners. So the way I see it, Sean Desai, he can coach his way through this game. Lord yeah, willing. Excuse me? Lord knows how. <laughs> excuse me, did you say coaching? On the defensive side of the ball. Sean All Desai. I'm going to say here is this, Sean folks. Hakeem Jeffries. Congressman Jeffries has a really big competitor here now to potentially be Speaker of the House because those Republicans get, can't get their heads out of their ass. Here he is right here. Mayor DeShields could be the next King Jeffries there on the Congress. Okay. Yes, sir. I mentioned something in the first hour watching Doug coach last night. Yes, sir. I mean, Mayor, you have a lesser guy all right running your football team i think they have haven't used the real playbook in these few Come i do, on, I do not i do not endorse this statement right here i do not endorse this statement here so yeah. let's get this. thank thank you for thank you for your generous donation to the campaign yeah we'll put, we'll put your five dollars in the bucket and we'll put that <laughs> to the side now continue big sales my apologies all right um why in the world do you have a lesser coach today than you did three years ago? 
How about this? Let me say this to you again. First off, do you think it's an upgrade? Do I think Nick Sirianni is an upgrade from, from Doug Peterson? Anytime a mayor or anytime a politician revisits the question, he's thinking in his own mind right now how to answer it politically correct. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> don't think I don't know, bro. <laughs> well, well, listen, you pose a very, very spectacular question. When I think about the coaching staff from years past, I think about the coaching staff today. There's no way in on God's green earth that I can say Nick Sirianni, Brian Johnson are better than Doug Peterson and Frank Reich. There's no way I can say that with a straight face to my constituents. There's no way I can do that. When you have the opportunity to win a Super Bowl and you go up against one of the best to ever do it in Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, and you have Matt Patricia on the other side of that ball coaching that defense, and we know the Patriots are known for their defense. You have Tom Brady play the game of his life, his best Super Bowl he's ever played in his life, and you end up beating them with the backup quarterback in a shootout. You best believe him going Doug Peterson. Nick Sirianni had all the tools at his disposal in Super Bowl 57 against the Kansas City Chiefs, faced off against Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. Had Jonathan Gannon, Shane Steichen, one of the best play callers that we've seen in a long time in Philadelphia, and they still couldn't get it done. I understand Frank Reich is not doing well in Carolina, but they have no offensive line. They have no defense. They have nothing that they can hang their hats on. But again, to answer your question plainly and truthfully, I will always choose Doug Peterson over Nick Sirianni. You know why? Because he got it done when it mattered most. And to this day, I criticize Nick Sirianni for how, for how he handled that Super Bowl in key moments. He went against his gut instincts and decided to roll with the analytics. He decided to not go forward on fourth downs when he knows in his gut that's what he does. They did it all year, and he decides not to do it. So I can't bet on a guy like that that doesn't trust his gut instincts. That Super Bowl, Super Bowl 52, the one that we talked about yesterday that I was so emboldened by, that Super Bowl was not won by the analytics. That Super Bowl was won by the guts, the glory of Doug Peterson and that coaching staff and Nick Foles. So St. Nick, baby, you got to bet on him. So I'm choosing have, Doug have Peterson over Nick Sirianni. Surprised? by how well he's done in Jacksonville because, you know, when you go into an organization I am. Totally, I am, honestly. I am. Because of the organization, not because of him. That organization is so – that organization is such bottom feeders. For him to be able to go there and potentially have back-to-back -back seasons where they make the playoffs and they're actually in the hunt to potentially go for a conference championship, I think the Jags are a dark horse. I think the Jags can beat almost any team in the AFC today because I don't see any juggernauts on the AFC side except for maybe Miami. And even they lost, and even they lost to the Denver um, Broncos. Wolves, what they 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 lost to the Bills. I'm just, um, yeah. but they put those points up on the Broncos. I know what you meant. Right, right, right. Sorry about that. Sorry. See what Miami is, but I'll tell you something. I'm with you. I mean, you know, I think one thing that I that has come to the head here with the AFC teams. I'm underwhelmed with what I thought they were going to be more so. And I thought because we see the better quarterbacks, I guess we were told the better quarterbacks are over there on the AFC side. I really haven't seen a dominant football team on the AFC side. I saw Buffalo slow them down. And by the way, that Jets team has two better wins than really almost any team in the league right now. They beat the defending NFC champion Eagles, and they beat the Bills, who are the defending AFC East champions. I mean, 13-3, too. I mean, they're just not what I thought over there. And, again, with Doug, 
dude, look, look at what he's done with Trevor Lawrence. I mean, it was not only what you said, bottom feeders, but also how about this tone? It's bottom feeders coming off of what um, Urban Liar was doing and how much he even brought it down worse. And he had to lift it up. He won a division title. And again, the reason I'm bringing this up because I watched that coaching job last night and I'm going like this. There's not a chance in hell you have a coaching staff in Philly like the coaching staff you have in Jacksonville. How's that possible when you had that guy? Yeah, I give Doug Pe- – see, the thing is, like, you got to put – you got to give Doug Peterson an even bigger gold star because of the organization he's winning with. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, almost, it's almost like he's winning in spite of that culture. But he had to go in and rebuild that entire thing. Nick Sirianni kind of walked into a ready-made situation where all he had to do was kind of just not not screw it up. Um, so, you know, when I think about it from that perspective, look, Nick has a 70% win percentage with the Philadelphia Eagles. They've they they've won games. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pretend they haven't won games, right? And you know, he seems to understand the mentality of his players, right? But that only gets you but so far once the game starts. You know, I'm looking at Nick right now, and I see a coaching staff, I see an offensive coaching staff that has still failed to develop a counterpunch to what the league has figured out about them. You know, I'm looking at See, I look at it like this, right? A lot of people say, well, the league caught up with the Philadelphia Eagles, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, uh, you know, it, it happens, right? Red zone offense is down around the league, all that kind of stuff, right? But my mindset is this. you ha- The same amount of energy you put into scouting your opponent, you should put the same amount of energy into scouting yourself. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and also understanding, okay, what are the wh- – where, where are the flaws – and what we do well, because it only can get it only can last but so long. Where are the flaws in our offense? What's the, where are the flaws in our design? Where are the flaws in our philosophy? What can we do to constantly stay ahead of the curve, ahead of the eight ball in terms of teams catching up to us? What can we do to re-innovate this offense? Not innovate because it is what it is. What can we do to tweak it? You know, what can we, you know, you know, can we add a fresh coat of paint over here? You know, can we move some furniture over this side? What can we do to make this to make this house look a little bit better? And I feel like still. This team or this this team is kind of doing what they're doing in spite of the coaching. I haven't really seen. And, and you know, what? before the season even started, I said to myself, I said to a lot of people, I said, this season is going to be a huge year for Nick Sirianni. Because okay, we see what the talent can do. We see, we we we've seen the ceiling. You made it to a Super Bowl. Now I want to see what you can do when the league has seen your product for a full year. I want to see what you can do after the entire world watched you on that Super Bowl stage. What can you do to counterpunch what the league is going to prepare for you? And I still haven't seen that, especially in the red zone. The Eagles were one of the best teams in the red zone last season. Why? Because they kept the ball out of harm's way and they ran the ball. They had the highest run play percentage in the red zone compared to any other team in 2022. Now, teams this year, they're saying, you know what? We're going to stack the box. We're going to we're going to close. We're going we're to close up tight and we're going to force you to get creative down here. The Eagles have still tried to run up against the walls, you know, still trying to do what they do in the red zone from last year. This year, you got to reinnovate. You got to change some things. You got to get creative. And I haven't seen the creativity. The only time I've seen creativity from this offense was on that, on that first drive against the New York Jets. After that, everything kind of went flat. So, again, 
I'm a Doug guy until further notice. Nick, you still got an opportunity to you know to you know to change that. But I'm a Doug guy again until further notice. See this guy BJ or LJ? I think it's more BJ. Um, let me just let me let me let me put this out there to you. So BJ would rather be or LJ would rather be 23 and 11 in Nick Sirianni than 55 and 47 with a Super Bowl. Who would you rather be? Well, listen, you know, LJ said Jags blew a 24-6 point lead, right, and lucked out at the end of the game. Okay, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll do you one better. The Chargers blew a 31-point lead to the Jags. Jags came back and won that game. Trevor Lawrence threw four interceptions and came back and threw four touchdowns. Come on, man. Push the and then went to the AFC Championship game and pushed the Chiefs in that went game. Went to the AFC Championship game, well, the AFC Division round. Yeah. Pushed the Kansas City Chiefs to the brink. Knocked out Patrick Mahomes. But he came back and did Patrick Mahomes things. My point is, Doug Peterson and those boys are close. And they're coming for blood. I'm looking at Doug Peterson and those Jags. And I'm like, look, they're dangerous. I don't think I don't think a lot of teams don't want to see them in the playoffs. They're coming. Oh no, they're 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 definitely trending up, and you got guys in here like Ho and BJ and Kwani and all these dudes. Well, man, you know what? Ask guys- them this. Ask them this. What do they love so much about Nick Sirianni? Ask them. Ask them. What do they love so much about him? What has he done that Doug hasn't done? I'll tell you exactly. I'm gonna pull up Mayor DeShields. You ready? What has he done? He's an eagle. That's about it, right? Hey, listen, I know I'm the mayor of this city, and I understand <laughs> that, and I understand, I understand that I, I understand that I signed Nick's paychecks. I get that, all right. <laughs> but you never forget your first love. And no, hey, no, I got you, man. The chick that gave you the nookie, man, it's all good. I got it. You got to explain it to your dad and your mom. But what's on your neck? And I understand this, man. All right, you know what I didn't realize, Tone, and and it was pointed out to me, believe it or not, by Florio. And I, I had forgotten this. I thought Fangio was brought in to help out on the defensive side. Oh, no, no. He was an offensive consultant. He was an offensive consultant. Yeah. And what they were doing was they were putting, like, mock game plans against the offensive Shane Steichen game mm-hmm. plans so that they would prepare. Look at the coaching that they had a year ago mm-hmm. compared to what they have in their preparation for these games today. I think that that's a bigger deal. I'm not saying that Fangio has the defensive personnel to slow down that Eagle offense to, because I I think it's still a work in progress that, that uh, Chubb's good. He's having a good year, but Ramsey's still, you know, a ways away here. Right. They they, they got, they got a good DT and Christian Wilkins. He's pretty good. Yep. Yep. And and, and I think it's on, I think it's on, it's coming along here, man. All right. he hasn't had a four and eleven season. He hasn't had a Super Bowl season. I'm talking Super Bowl win season. Hey, Dude, it's not like Tone says. It's not talking about getting to the bar exam. It's about hey, passing the bar. Hey, listen, when you when you won the Super like, Bowl, like Mer- like Meredith Shields did. Listen, when listen when you won the Super Bowl in my book, you get some grace from me. I tell you that. That's right, man. Them silver medals, man. That's not something that Mary DeShields wants, man. Not at all. Not at all. The way I do see you him, man. That, do you think that that's an advantage for the Dolphins going into this, that he had 17 weeks of game planning against Jalen Hurts? I mean, sure. I mean, like you said, and like we all know, he was on the staff as a consultant, you know, for the offense. You know, that's just that's just a fact. He was around. And I think, again, when – when you're able to see the Philadelphia Eagles play the way they played last year, and then you and then you make it to the finish line like that, 
Everyone around the world is watching. Everyone is studying you. Everyone is either trying to copy you or trying to find a way to beat what you're doing. So I look at it from I look at it from that perspective as well. You know what I'm saying? When you're one of the top dogs, you're the most watched. You're the most hated. You dig what I'm saying? So I'm looking at I'm looking at this game like this, right? This game, from a talent perspective, it's good on good. But I think when a, I think when the rubber meets the road, it's going to come down to coaching. And right now, Nick Sirianni, Brian Johnson, they still got to earn it with me. So you're that that they, this is what's keeping because, like I said, when you look at the numbers too, you know everybody keeps bringing up that second thing. I'm, I'm, I want to ask this question here: Who are the leaders in turnovers in the NFL in 2023? So turnover leaders right now, teams that have turned the ball over. Tone, do you know what that – how I can – Philadelphia sec – no, I, I got to wait. You got to find it here. I can what find team has right the now. most turnovers? Is it Philly with eight? We're going to find out soon enough because I know – well, I know Jalen Hurts is like ranked second or third in the league in interceptions, so probably not. I would say the Eagles are probably top five in turnovers in terms of like them giving the ball away. They're probably top Give, five. Them giving the ball away compared to what was that once – hey, didn't they take the ball away last year at an exceptional rate, especially yeah, early they, on? In- yep, the Eagles, the Eagles actually haven't had a turnover since about week three. They haven't forced a turnover since about week three. So Okay. How about how about them? Where do they rank when it comes to uh in terms the worst of teams in the league that have turned the ball over? Okay, so in terms of worst teams, in terms of giveaways, right? Giveaways. giveaways. All right, in terms of giveaways, the Chargers have turned it over the least with three. Three giveaways. Now, in terms of giveaways, the Philadelphia Eagles are ranked. Okay, number one is Minnesota. Number one is Minnesota with 13. The Eagles are ranked one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. They're ranked fourteenth with nine giveaways. They're tied with the Miami Dolphins with nine giveaways. So both teams are giving the ball away nine times this season. So the middle, so the middle, so the middle, middle of the pack. It looks bad because of that four, that three interception game. It looks worse than what it is. How about this? But but what's what what the issue would for me would be is that it's every game. That's the that's that's the that's the thing right there. And now he did, now I will say Jalen didn't turn it over in the Washington game. He didn't do that. But every other game, I believe he's turned the ball over at least once. Okay. Okay. That's right. He didn't turn it over in that. But he's got nine since the Super Bowl, right? Are you including the Super Bowl? Yeah. Okay, nine. Yep. Nine giveaways. Okay, and you're right. The Washington game, he didn't. And then right. when you combine the low percentage in red zone and the turnovers, look at all – get this. It, I think that – It's the perfect second, recipe for why you lost that game and the perfect recipe for why your team – you're turning the ball over. Therefore you're, therefore, you're putting them in good field position. You're not scoring in the red zone. Therefore, you're not creating distance. So when you couple those things together, you're underperforming. See, look. You put that second ranking number, and it's an impressive number. What chips that thing away is horrible red zone, turnovers, three and outs. Well, actually, the Eagles are one of the best teams in terms of um, third down conversion. But 
they do have three and outs when it when 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 it hurts them the most. I think that's why we notice it. They do have three and outs when it matters when it matters the most. But the Eagles are like, let me let me double check that real quick. But I think the Philadelphia Eagles are ranked number I one. They were third, like after week three, they were third, so they must have improved that. Yep. Let me let me double check it right here. Third down conversion percentage. The Philadelphia Eagles are ranked number one at fifty percent. Okay. Converting converting third downs. Is that is is that the amount of is that the number of three and outs? Or is that third down conversion? Because that's a different statistic. Uh, that's a good point. They okay, well, so the amount of third the amount of three and outs versus third down completion percentage is a different. That's a different statistic. Right. Right. Okay. But they. But just be, just based off that though, because I, I got to dig a little deeper for that one. But okay, that's but, okay. That's how about this one here, Tone? Who's playing better football in the NFC at quarterback than Jared Goff? Oh man, that's a good question. I can't really think of it. in the NFC who's playing better football than Jared Goff, who's playing the cleanest football than Jared Goff. I can't think of a team in the NFC, but Brock Purdy maybe. But Brock Purdy had that, you know, he had that dud. So who's been the most consistent? You might got to say Jared Goff, right? You might got to say Jared Goff, maybe. Golf for Purdy? I mean, nip and tuck, I guess. That bad game is a blemish on Purdy, but. You know? Yeah, but he did put him in a position with a game-winning field goal. He did. No, he did. He did. He did for sure. So, you know, if I if if I had to choose, I, I I'll be honest. I love I love the way golf is playing right now. I love the way he's playing. Has he changed the narrative with you on, on him career, on his career? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. He's doing it in Detroit. He's like the the like the the the, the what is that the uh, Motown? Come, come come like he's he's doing it in Detroit. Two, two, hey, two playoff wins since 1957, and they're, <laughs> and they're and they're tied for the best record in football. Now it's a long season; anything can happen. Same thing, how anything can happen for the Eagles, anything can happen for Detroit, and vice versa. Anybody else? So it's very early in the season, technically. I know you like that word right there. That's my campaign slogan. Technically, technically, <laughs> technically, vote for me, and I got your back. But you know, the reality is six weeks in. A lot can change. A lot can happen, right? Even though the Chiefs were doing what they were doing last year, we didn't really see them hit their swing until the second half of that season. You know, um, I know a lot of people bring up the uh, the 2021 or 2020 uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think it was. Yep. They were seven and five. They weren't. They were. They didn't even win their division. Somehow won the Super Bowl. So anything can happen, and I understand that. But just based off what we've seen thus far and what we know about this roster and the staff and the injuries, I, you know, I think the Philadelphia Eagles could be playing way better. Like I said to you yesterday, they're, they've scored the same amount of points through six games this year as they did last year. But what's the difference? Red zone. So you mean to tell me if the Philadelphia Eagles were even half as good as they were last year to this year, they would be, they would be putting up Miami numbers. They they have to solve the red zone issues. That's the only thing holding this team back. The red zone issues and poor coaching decisions that poor in opportune times and turnovers. And it simply says that was Governor Gannon's fault, Mr. Mayor. <laughs> that, <Super Bowl, laughs> that was a political play to get to another team to be a governor. Very well done there. By the way, you bring up a great I like the way you here. think, simply Manevelis. Mavelis, is that what it is? Mavelis? I like you, man. I might put you on the cabinet. <laughs> hey, I, I and again, I hope people understand where and what I'm saying when I say this, because that's a, that's a really good point about the Bucks. They got beat on that Thursday night by the Bears, mm -hmm. 
and they had a seven and five record. That's when Brady, but see, that's when Brady took ownership of the entire offense and said, we are not going to play no risk it, no biscuit. We don't. And you had Mike Evans and Godwin and Gronk and all that. We're not doing this. And who became a focal point in the attack? Leonard Fournette. Mm -hmm. He became playoff Lenny down the stretch for them. They were never able to really figure out the Rubik's Cube known as the New Orleans Saints, but they didn't have to face them in the playoffs. They went on and they ended up winning a Super Bowl because Brady stood up and spoke up. And to me, that's where I'm at with Jalen here. And also to the... To the point here also, too, Tone, just because on October 20th, I say the Dolphins probably win this ball game, and the only reason I say that is because of the laundry list of mass unit names you have on it. Okay. In December, do I think the Eagles can beat them with their roster intact? Yes. That's the war of attrition in the NFL, dude. I mean, people don't – Hey, you're trying to tell me if you lose Travis Kelsey one week and you go and play another team without Travis Kelsey, that team beats you. Of course the game's going to be closer and more even without Kelsey because it's personnel decisions and it's personnel impacting the game. That's why you never know who's going to win these NFL games on a Sunday, Tone, because it really does determine. I'm going to say this to you too, dude. Thursday – determines a lot what happens on Sunday on who plays. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It totally determines what that roster is. You kind of have a better understanding where teams are on a Thursday because that's the team that's going to go on the sun. That could be a complete, you could have 17 different teams on Thursday throughout the entire year. And that's why you get inconsistency sometimes. Yeah. You know, this Philadelphia Eagles team, man, the injuries are hitting them this year like it never has before. You know, we haven't seen as many injuries since maybe 2021. So, um, or, or 2020 rather. Uh, but, you know, again, you know, this Philadelphia Eagles team, we, I think we all can definitively say, definitively say this isn't a talent issue with this team, right? Nope. You, know, there, you, know, you, you know, there were years where we felt like, damn, we just don't have the talent. We felt that It's way. an inexperience and lack of depth at certain areas issues yeah. on the team. Right, right. And, you know, nothing's ever going to be perfect. You're going to lack no, depth, right? Not like last year. Right, right. You know, no, last year was just like you had to take advantage of that last year. And then- hey, hey, Tom, remember what I said to you? I go, do you think Jalen Hurts will ever play with a better football team than 2022? Oh, no, nah, man. You know, the best team Tom Brady ever played on, he didn't even win a Super Bowl. Correct. He lost. You know what I mean? Correct. So sometimes, you know, your roster – see, there's so many nuanced situations that go into – you know, how you get to the Super Bowl. So many things have to go your way besides just winning games. Sometimes injuries happen, all that kind of stuff. You know, I think about that that Miami team. Again, a lot of teams are 5-1 right now, right? 5-1 is, you know, you're being given, you know, being given out, giving out like library cards. So many teams are 5-1. But after that, you know, after the Eagles bye week, things are going to change a little bit. You know, I think about the Miami team, right? Last year, a lot of people thought they were hot. You know what I'm saying? Remember, they got, they, they were, they were, they were doing very well. And then no, two but they did, didn't they go like this? Three wins, three losses. Right. Three wins, three losses. Didn't they go on runs like that? Right, right. And that's because of the injuries. Uh, yep. The two. So they, they lack consistency at that position. But, you know, I say all that to say, any given Sunday, baby, anything can happen on any given Sunday. 
And I got these Philadelphia Eagles winning 31 to 30. 31 to 30. Damn. All right. Holy now, cow, man. Now, I'm, I'm not, not listening, average. man. I know Paulie died, and I'm waiting for another statue for Burt Young there, man. We're going to. Hey, listen. Paulie, beautiful soul, beautiful spirit, man. Brought a lot of. Brought one a of my lot favorite of movies city, of man. all time. One of, my, one of my favorite, man. One of the most iconic scenes in the Rocky franchise. It was Rocky Balboa, the last official Rocky movie. And there was a scene where Sylvester Stallone, you know, Rocky, he will always go to the same spot every single day to talk to Adrian and visit Adrian. And Paulie would always drop him off there and just wait for him. One day, Paulie said, Rock, I can't do it anymore. I can't. Sylvester said, what do you mean you can't do it anymore, Paulie? Like, this is what we do. You know, we, we, have, we have to show our respect for her. He said, I can't do it. You loved her. You respected her. You took care of her. Me? I didn't do anything for her. I did. I, I I I didn't love my sister the way I was supposed to. I can't do it anymore, Rock. His most iconic scene of his career in the Rocky franchise. Burt Young. That's a national treasure right there in Philadelphia, man. National treasure. Well, I'll be glad to say this: you're all in Philly. Welcome for Stallone because he's a cane. You're all welcome. <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Wait to watch that. It's called Sly. It's going Dude, to get hey, awesome. check this out. So he he Jimmy brought him in. He they told us how he wrote it. Listen to this shit. He got into a he had no clothes. You know the clothes that he wore in Rocky were his. They had no wardrobe. Yeah, his they were supposed to make they were supposed to make this on some shoestring deal. Mm -hmm. And Stallone said they had they had absolutely no wardrobe. Everyone the wore their own clothes in that. In that movie, that had very little budget. You wanna know why? Because the studios were pissed off because he refused to give up the leading role. Correct. So they say, you know what? Okay, you want to play Rocky? Play Rocky, and let's see how it turns out. Hey, billions dot two point five, two point three, two point five billion dollars later, I think he made the right decision. You think, man? He wrote that. Get this. You you know what it's taken from? It's right, taken, right, right, right. I, right. From, I think the fight was Chuck Webner. Right. And Webner had knocked down Ali in the fight. And if you ever watch that Webner fight, he like Ali's sitting there looking at a chick. I think it was in London. And he's looking at a girl. You know, Ali's just kicking this guy's ass. He sucked. This guy was the English champion and whatever that means. And so he's banging on this guy. Ali's looking. This guy gives him a left hook and knocks him down. Cool. He gets up and tortures that guy. <laughs> 
hey, you know, Muhammad Ali is my favorite athlete of all right, time. You know, Apollo, everyone knows this, but you know, Apollo was based off of the Muhammad Ali. Apollo, yeah. Apollo Creek character. That was Muhammad Ali, essentially. You know what you I know, mean? He played college ball at, I believe he played college ball at San Diego State. And yeah, yeah uh, Carl Raiders Weathers. And Browns. Yeah, yeah, Carl Weathers. I think he played for the Raiders too, didn't he? Carl yeah, Weathers. Raiders and Browns. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Raiders and Browns, man. Well, Mayor, I'll tell you what. Um, you know, I I, I know you're campaign. 30 on 30. Book it. <laughs> Holy cow, man. So 3130. 3130. Does Tua survive? You might have to ask Hassan Reddick about that. You know what I'm saying? Hey, listen. Can you imagine if that hey, guy takes him out hey, and he takes out Purdy? Hey, listen, I'll tell you this, right? Oh, I think this is a Hassan Reddick game. I tell you, I, I tell you this before I get out of here, Sills, right? You know, last you know, last year, well, earlier this year, several months ago in the playoffs, right? We were all blessed to be able to indulge in some purdy wings. And uh, you know, we drizzled it in uh some Hassan. You know what I mean? Some Hassan. You know what I mean? Hassan. You know, it's so well known around the world, it's just it's just known as Hassan. Like Dijon, it's Hassan. So, so you know, so we we indulge in some purdy wings, fried hard, right? With a little seasoning, right? With some Hassan sauce. This year, I think we're going to indulge in a nice Hassan glaze tuna. tuna. Oh, 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 little grilled tuna. A little grilled, <laughs> a little grilled tuna, tuna, ah, tomato, tomato. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, right. You know what I mean? I can't see them serving stuff like that at the link. You know, I just, like I said to you before, Tone. I'm not going into a place where you could buy like ahi ahi. <laughs> if you ever see Sills at a, at a at a park that serves ahi ahi, I'm not there, dog. That's not working for me. Hey, listen, man. Give me hey, listen. Give me a piece of fly, give me a piece of fried flounder on two slices of white bread and some hot sauce. I'm good. Yeah, me too. Drop some hot sauce on. I love hot sauce too. Uh-huh. Mayor, you were spectacular. Thank you so much, Mayor, for your time. The Shields 2024, 2024, baby. is right around the corner for Philadelphia you. Philadelphia Eagles, 30, 31-30. 31-30 Eagles. Dolphins go home crying, baby. Mark it down. There it is. Thank you, Tone. I appreciate it, Mayor. Very good. All right. Hey, folks, do me a favor. Check out our great friends at Hooters, too, man. Hey, oh, and by the way, do me a favor. Make sure that you fill out our great opportunity for you to win yourself some gift certificates dan Cilio show at gmail you may win yourself the opportunity to get those gift certificates that'll be on monday that we name the winners give us all your information there's a code word that's going to be thrown out through the entire four hours of the program we appreciate you playing thank you again please send it in we will make sure we get those out to you and you might hear your name called on a football monday like daniel and darian had their names called out on a Monday. We appreciate that. Don't forget also this weekend, great college and pro football. Fall football in Hooters. They all go together here. Celebrating the 40th anniversary of one of the great iconic franchises here in America, that is Hooters. 40 years. They just had their party the other day. You can also go over to the app, Hooters2Go.com. If you don't want to go into any one of the locations, bring the food home. It's awesome. So many items on that menu I love. I pretty much have eaten everything on that on that menu. Buy 10 wings, get 10 boneless free. One of the great 40-year traditions they have. 1983, all you can eat. Kids eat for free on Saturdays. Six items, six bucks. Happy hour specials, over the top. 
Iconic Cooter Girls are there. Absolutely one of the great environments for you to go into. NortheastTutors.com, one of the seven locations from Rhode Island through Jersey all the way down to King of Prussia. We appreciate everybody. NortheastTutors.com. When you roll into any one of the facilities, do me a favor. Tell them Big Sill sent you. and Hooters, the perfect pair. you own a company and you're not producing a podcast you're missing out the public consumes messaging when they're ready join the professional podcast network of companies and let jacob media partners put you in the podcast arena come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast call jacob media right now at 267-261-3428-267-261-3428 my name is dr bruce grossinger and I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. Win and save this baseball season from Colony Pools and Power Washing, a local company serving Delaware, Delco, and Chester County since 1970. Are you tired of looking at your greenhouse? Is your roof, siding, deck stained green from algae and mold? Let the experts pressure wash your home and take the pressure off of you. Win with Colony Pools and Power Washing. Call them now at 302-762-2250. That's 302-762-2250. himself Philly Philly Godfather 530 you bet can't wait says it like it is absolutely you know I don't know why you got hey (laughs) you know it just must be like Xander says all the time okay is it my approach that you don't like? 
or wait. You see, tone everyone, it's not that you don't like me. It's that I remind you of yourself. <laughs> you see, remember this. Most people on the planet that listen to sports talk can't take you or me. But that's why the numbers are skyrocketing through the roof. That's why people know who we are. That's why people care. Big Sill doesn't tell you one lie at all, baby. You just hear it as a lie. Remember that. You hear lies. You sure do. Because most of you, you'd rather be lied to than spoken the truth to. It's what it is. 70% of the people on the planet would rather be lied to because it makes you feel better. Makes you feel all cozy and fluffy and happy. You'd rather be lied to. LJ, you know what I think of you, man. We're good, bro. Gives me a wrath of shit like Kwanzai and BJ. BJ, I, no, you're right now. You're LJ. Okay, but Kwanzai or One Eye. <laughs> um, <laughs> even Sue gives me shit. Sills is Jacobs' media version of Trump. I'm going to tell you one more time, dude. I hate everyone. Why? Me and Tone were both saying this. Sorry, Tone. I didn't mean to do that. But, man, there's got to be an age limit. You wouldn't let Trump or Biden fly an airplane, would you? I wouldn't let him run our country either. Has to be an age limit somewhere. I mean, why do all these guys have to be 80 years old and they hate everybody? I mean, come on, man. Can we get a can we get a 50-year-old dude in the building that's an executive at one of the companies that runs a Fortune 500 company to run our country? Why do these guys have to look like a weekend at Bernie's? I mean, damn. Everybody. Dude, I, I can't stand any of them. I'm not, I'm not voting for any of them idiots. You kidding me? I don't vote for people that go to, hey, Washington is the sixth mafia family. You understand that. But there, it's legal. You walk in with 17 bucks in your pocket. Eight years later, you leave with 800 million. Hey, that's a great gig. You must own an NFL team. <laughs> you must own an NFL team. I had walked in here, man. You know what? I was a congressman and I had no money. How much are you worth now? A hundred million. What? <laughs> and you're like the guy in New Jersey with gold bars in his closet. Hey, I, I <laughs> hey, what's this? I don't know. Where'd it come from? I don't know. How did these gold bars get in your closet? I must have fell there. <laughs> oh, man. How'd you get those gold bars in your closet? I don't know. 
How are you driving a Ferrari around? I I, I found it. <laughs> oh man, I love it. All right. Oh yeah, baby. Week seven of the NFL. We're going to get to that here in a second. What are my favorite statistics? What do you think is the most important statistic that a quarterback can have when it comes to winning? What's the number one stat you think you have to have for winning? What would be that one stat? TDINT ratio. I dig it. I dig it. Let's see what my guy Tone says here. No turnovers. Winning percentage? That's a team. That, that's not a quarterback stat. Look at Scott again. It's not a quarterback stat. That's a team stat. That's not a quarterback stat or trend. There you Holy shit. Look at LJ. Bam. Look at these quarterbacks with these high percentage completion percentages. Here's the top 10 quarterbacks right now in the National Football League with the highest completion percentage, which means low, lower turnovers. Josh Allen's number one at 71-7. What are they, five and one? Five and uh, four and two? So they're four and two. Two is 71 one. He's five and one. Lamar Jackson, 69-9. What are they, four and two? Dak Prescott, 69-5. What are they, four and two? Jared Goff, also at 69-5. What is he, five and one? Here's the only outlier. Believe it or not, it's crazy. This just tells you what a shit show New York Giants. Daniel Jones is 68-9. He's one in five. Herbert, 68-7. I believe they're two and three. Are they two and three? Two and four. Make a point here. Mahomes, five and one. 68 three. Jimmy G, he was 500 before he got hurt. I believe he was three and two. What's the commander's record? Are they three and three? Eight of the top ten quarterbacks. Are they are they three and three, Tone? Okay. Eight 
of the top 10 quarterbacks on completion percentage have a 500 or winning record. You can have all the yards you want. If you're not, if, if you're not accurate, you're going to have turnovers. You're not going to win a ton of games and you're going to be throwing from behind. Passing yards is the most overrated stat on the planet. That's why we got to find out who this dolphin team is on Sunday. I think passing yards are overrated. You ask me. I think this p- completion percentage. Like, here's Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is 15th. And by the way, I don't think that number's bad. 66-2 for a dual-threat guy? All right with that. As long as you're a dual-threat guy. If Jalen Hurts is going to win a football game and he's 66-2 and he's 15th and he doesn't have a dual-threat aspect to him, he'll never win a Super Bowl. He okay, being 15th in completion percentage at 66-2 for a running quarterback is exceptional. But when you take the running away, he's Tyrod Taylor. If you continue to give him the opportunity to run the ball in certain situations, then he becomes the force and the weapon that he is. You're basically going into a gunfight. The other guy's got six. Chambersfield, and you got four. You're, you're not giving this guy the full ammo to go in and fight. Hey, Brock Purdy, he's 12th, 67-5. Look at the completion percentage of these quarterbacks today in the NFL. And you're you're 12th and you're 12th and 15th at 66-2 and 67-5. Shit, dude. Most of the quarterbacks that played during Marino's time, you were lucky if you were 63-1 or 59-something. Shows you right now how the game has evolved. I want an accurate quarterback. I want a quarterback that wins from the pocket and is accurate. Now, you guys chose to build your team around a dual threat guy. Funny, man. You're not coaching them that way. When are you going to coach Jalen Hurts the right way? Let me know. Are you going to coach him Sunday the right way? Or wait, we need another two weeks. Okay. What's your point? That you have to have accurate quarterbacks in the NFL from the pocket to win Super Bowls. And that if you're going to have a pocket quarterback, he better be accurate. But if you have a dual threat quarterback, and he's not dual threat any longer, Jalen Hurts can't win with the rest of those guys because compared to those other guys, he's not. Hurts is nowhere near Lamar. I'm pretty shocked. I mean, that's really good that they've turned that thing in. But there's they've dropped some eggs too this year. Jalen is fine. I bet he is. I bet he's a happy clam. I think what you're saying is let Jalen be let Jalen. We've been saying that all week. Take the ankle bracelet off. When are you going to take the ankle bracelet off? 
Take the ankle. Hey, I, I, all I'll all I'll do is this. Okay, you the the people in here are so hilarious. Sometimes you would you think that Doug Peterson's coaching record is better than Doug's? It's not. It's not. Doug could have one game over 500 and be better than anything Nick's ever done. So you got to ask these fans straight up, who's more of a priority, Jalen Hurts or Nick Sirianni? Tried explaining that to them. They think there's equal. I don't, Nick Sirianni, in my opinion, Nick Sirianni is not a priority on your football team. He's not a priority. I don't give a shit what these coaches, these, get this, these coaches are more concerned about getting the next gig than they are about coaching the next game. I mean, honestly, they're going to bat for Nick at the expense of Hurts and they don't realize it. Hey, I know. You're slamming Hurts. So let me get this right. At seven and five, when Tom Brady, and I'm going to use Brady, didn't like the direction of the Bucks, and he walks into Bruce Arians' office, and Jason Light, the general manager, and all those guys were listening to this. We're not throwing the ball down the field. That's the MO of Bruce Arians. He changed Bruce Arians' offense. So they could win a Super Bowl. Who was more of a who was more of an authority figure in that building at seven and five? Bruce Arians or Tom Brady? Kelly Greenweek. We ain't losing at the link. I like it, 88. And here, I'll I'll, I'll throw this at you here too. Who's more of a priority in that building? $50 million Jalen Hurts or $2 Nick Sirianni? There's that 22 and two. Congratulations. And you're not 22 and two. You're 23 and 11. Tell the full story. As some of you say, stop lying. 23 and 11 and 55 and 47 with a Super Bowl ring. What record is better? Some of you in here would say 23 and 11 at the expense of Hertz. Sad. I don't give a shit what your regular season record is. Do you win titles? Are you a champion? Yes or no? There's a box that says yes, no. Check one. Are you a champion? Nick, no. Doug, yes. Have you changed the culture in Jacksonville? Check yes. Nick Sirianni's Matt Eberflus. Matt Eberflus. I'm trying to, hey, what's the record of the Packers this year without Aaron Rodgers? How good is that Matt LaFleur, dude? <laughs> you, you, hey, you watch that Packer offense? How come it looks different? 
That guy's such an important factor. Hey, get this. You know Green Bay and all those people, like some of you guys in here, some of you guys would go like this. Well, I'm sick and tired of Aaron Rodgers. I don't want Aaron Rodgers. Well, congratulations, Green Bay Packer fans. You're back to the lands of Lindy and Fonny and the, 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 the Lynn Dickey days of not being relevant again. Congratulations. <laughs> the Packers decided and their fans that they didn't like Aaron Rodgers. So you know what they did? They all said, we don't need him. It's time to move on. To what? Losing? Congratulations. It ain't about the coach. It's about the Mickey's and the Joes. How you doing? <laughs> Nick Sirianni has an empty cow. You know, you know who Nick is? He is the Kirk Cousins of coaching. Till you win a Super Bowl. Or, better yet, he's Marty. You, you, you talk shit on Marty Schottenheimer. Marty went to four different places and won. This guy can't even take the same personnel from a year ago. And then he tells you, and he say, hey, how many apology uh, classes are you going to take on a press conference every Wednesday? Just curious. Just curious. How many, how many, how many apology classes do you take on your press conference? Aren't you sick of that? Coach coming in on a Wednesday apologizing for you get this. Hey, hey, Tony, you want to hear something obnoxious about some of you folks that are sitting in here talking dumb shit? You make Nick's, you made Doug Peterson have to apologize for winning 17-14. And this guy's accepted, and you accept his apology for losing to the Jets. And it's cool. Oh, I'm I'm lost. I'm totally lost on that. So it's cool for you to sit there and tell me that you're cool with Nick lying to you about not understanding or apologizing for all that shit, stupid coaching at that Jets game at the end. And Doug's got to apologize for winning a game 17-14. Is that right? <laughs> That's because the general manager, man, didn't like the way Doug was winning. He didn't like the way Doug was winning because he didn't like the fact that Doug was gaining more power in that place the way he was winning. And it was contradicting to what that guy wanted to do. You think, hey, ask yourself this question. You think Doug Peterson is signing Julio Jones? Or do you think he's fighting that? We're not doing that. You think Julio Jones is on a Doug Peterson team? <laughs> yeah. uh, do you think Julio Jones is on a Doug Peterson team? They'd rather sign Cole Beasley. I mean, <laughs> how many people believe that Doug Peterson would sign Julio Jones? Here, here, here's a typical press conference for Nick. Yeah, that was my call. We lost to the worst offense in the NFL. I know. It's my call. Well, then what do you, what's your job title, dude? You're not a play caller. I thought you were hired to make decisions like that. What do you do exactly? 
Well, at the time, after the Super Bowl year with trash receivers we had, I would say yes. With the current team he has right now, you think he puts Julio Jones on it? Okay? With the current team, if Doug Peterson was the head coach of this team right here, you think he signs Doug Julio Jones? Now, let me preface it that way. Because technically, Tone's right. <laughs> yeah. Right? Technically, Tone. <laughs> so how he did it. Hey, Nick. Sure, Howie. Anything you want. I'll make it sound good. I'll get up there with my little microphone. We have just signed Julio Jones. Yeah, it's my call. Just like it's my call in the fourth quarter for that stupid-ass coaching play. Yeah, it's my call. He's scrambity. This guy acts like Roger Goodell. I am, I'm not a fan of him, as you can tell. I have completely soured on him. I don't see one redeeming quality. He doesn't make good in-game decisions. He's not a good play caller. And he's a cheerleader on a very good roster. He benefits from the good players. And the coaches have a place in that organization where they think they're empowered to say and do. And have it's almost like they're empowered more than the players. And that should never be. You put a game system and a game scheme together to your talents, not to plug and play. Do you understand? Remember what was said in the offseason. Am I am I am I right when I hear this? Yeah, we're really not going to change anything too much. We're going to keep with the same schemes and the same offense. Have you ever seen a coordinator walk into another place in the NFL and run this current the, the previous system that was there when you even even Mike McCarthy doesn't run the same quarterback. He doesn't even run the same offense in Dallas when Kellen Moore was there a year ago. I've never seen that. I've never seen that a coordinator who's hired can't bring his own philosophy in. I, I've never seen it. I've never seen that. Hey, are you good with coming in here and doing what we want you to do? It's almost like the way they're coaching Jalen. Well, Jalen, we want you to be this. No. Let me be who I am. All 22 showed players open. Hertz was being greedy. No. No. The play designs, in my opinion, are not quality compared to Dow. Devontae Smith's targets are not the same high-quality targets that A.J. gets. Same with Goddard. When you watch it, and then you turn on the 22 with the Dolphins, take a look at that. Three receivers are wide open. One has more quality targets. Robert says, Sills, we need... New coaches, I'm not going to lie, but guess what? We're the effing best in the world. Great, the effing world, Philly, what up? Okay, Robert, like it. Sound like the mayor. <laughs> okay. All good, man. Let's take a look at week seven. 
NFL. <laughs> that was some. Damn, Doug Peterson's a great coach. Man. Hey, isn't this going to be crazy? Who wins the Super Bowl first, Doug or with Doug's new team? Does Doug win a Super Bowl before Sirianni again? He's already got one in his pocket, but does Doug win a Super Bowl in Jacksonville? Or does Doug's or or does Nikki Nikki win one? Who wins one? Nikki or Doug? Who who hey? Who wins the Super Bowl? Who wins the Super Bowl first? And again, I'm talking about him being in Jacksonville. I got it. Who wins the Super Bowl first? Nikki. <laughs> uh, yeah. Who wins? Come, come on, say it with me. Come on, Sue. Come on, Sue. I know you don't want to say it. Say it with me, Sue. Doug. It would be the greatest achievement in NFL history. Doug winning a Super Bowl in Jacksonville. Jacksonville. Doug, actually, hey, hey, Tone, everyone, you want to hear something what Doug Peterson can do for the city of Jacksonville? They're looking for a new stadium. How many years have they been trying to move Jacksonville to London? They've been trying to move that team there and make it the London team for the last 10 years. Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence, they're going to get a stadium built in Jacksonville where Jacksonville Jaguar football is third, fourth behind Gator football, Bulldog football, and Knoll football. If you put tickets on the table right now, right now, for what football fans would want to go see at the old Gator Bowl, the grounds that that thing's built on, you know what they would do? They would take Gator tickets, Georgia Bulldog tickets, Knoll tickets, then they would take Jag tickets. But he's changing that. He's changing it. He could actually say, he could save football in Jacksonville. Division champ, you're five and two. You're trending up to go back to the AFC title game. Man, he wins the Super Bowl in Jacksonville. Holy cow, you save football in Jacksonville. And then get this, they will put another Super Bowl in there. And little Nicky <laughs> in his pom-poms. Seriously, man, this guy's the best male cheerleader I've ever seen in the NFL. Yay, Howie! Hey, I'm waiting for one of them. I'm waiting for him, like, to jump off, like, the, uh, 
like the the the, the bench there, and you know, with his little pom poms on. He's the guy with the shirt, the white shoes. You know, you know them dudes. They flip the chicks up in the air. <laughs> I'm waiting for him, like to flip Howie in the air. <laughs> Uh, pushing what? I think he's a cheerleader. You don't like it? What don't you like? He's a cheerleader. Pushing what? A guy who apologizes every Wednesday? Congratulations to you, kid. Why don't you do some in-game decision-making that matters instead of apologizing every other week? Woo! Look at the coaching on Sunday. Hey, marriage the Shields, though, man. He's hanging with you like he held with Jalen Rager. He's hanging. He hung. Hey, that mare hung with Jalen Rager, man. He hung with that Jalen Rager. Hey, he's hanging with this wounded. Get this. I like it, though, in a way, because I'll tell you why, man. Eagles are wounded going in. They got a man up. The Eagles have to think the Dolphins are frauds. I would think that. Anyone <laughs> thirty, babe? Hey, how I would put the mentality I would have against the uh, Dolphins—they're frauds. They play Eagle Creek University, Helen Keller University, slippery nothing rock. University. We're going to put the boot to them. Hey, you can't, hey, everyone's got a plan until you get punched in the face. Let's see what their plan is. But here's the deal. Well, they punch them in the face. That's the problem with the team right now. Second-ranked offense. High in turnovers. Shitty in red zone. You guys got a great play. Hey, you know who your number one offensive weapon is right now? Your kicker. Hey, the MVP of your team is not Jalen. It's your kicker. What's his name? What's your kicker's name again? Sorry, I don't keep up on uh, on them dudes. What's that guy's name? What's the kicker's name? I forget, man. <laughs> kickers aren't football players. Jake to make. Is it Jake Elliott? Oh, yeah, that's right. Jake Elliott. The Eagles MVP. Shit. I want to look at week seven before we get a legend on. Yes, sir, man. How about Jake Elliott? How many, how many feel? Hey, I got, I got an over under for you. I can't wait to ask Philly Godfather. Who who actually has more touchdowns to field goals in this game? This is going to be a hell of a battle. Tua versus Jake Elliott. Dan, you sound like Rihanna. <laughs> Nick, Nick, Nick. I thought it was Eminem. Nick it, Nick it, Nick it, Nick it. <laughs> What'd you say? 
Who's that? <laughs> uh, man, I sound like a Niner fan. I ain't nobody's fan. I don't root for teams. I root for greatness. I cover teams on a quest to win Super Bowls. You got me wrong, dog. Do I think that this football team, the Eagle team, uh, by January will be a team that'll be a formidable team to play in the NFC title game? I've already told you you're going to make it to the NFC title game. Hey, by the way, don't lose the game against the Dolphins. You're tied with the Cowboys. Oh, no. Oh, wait a minute. Am I right when I say that? You'll have as many losses as the Cowboys? I think you got to have. I think they're going into a bye this week, though. So it'll be a half game lead. Is that right? And then you get the Cowboys coming up after Washington, isn't it? Or the Bills, then the Cowboys. Huh. So you'll have two losses and they'll have two losses in the NFC East. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> so there's more to this game. Wow, can you imagine? So I got you 27-20. Dolphins winning this game on Sunday. That means you'll be in a pretty much dead heat race with the Cowboys for the NFC East. Who would have thunk it? Yes, sir. All right. Hit the like button. Philly Godfather is going to join us in the power hour. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Hooters, the perfect pair. If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger. And I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. 
Win and save this baseball season from Colony Pools and Power Washing, a local company serving Delaware, Delco, and Chester County since 1970. Are you tired of looking at your greenhouse? Is your roof, siding, deck stained green from algae and mold? Let the experts pressure wash your home and take the pressure off of you. Win with Colony Pools and Power Washing. Call them now at 302-762-2250. That's 302-762-2250. G-L-E-S Eagles Excels. Appreciate y'all coming aboard Thank you very much Let me make this comment to you About Lane Johnson And Jason Kelsey Um Obviously different positions, but I would make this comment to you. I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of guys that we have seen in the last 25 years that have been on the same offensive line that you would go, holy shit. Um, that played such a long time like that together. You know, the only comparison that I could make, um, I would say this to you, that Lane and Jason Kelsey are like Upshaw and Shell. Now, obviously, um, Upshaw and Shell were guards tackles. This is center right tackle, so it's completely different. Okay? Um, So I would make that point that obviously different positions, but still dominance in Hall of Famers. And I was talking to some of the Hall of Fame voters about Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson. And I said, do you think these guys are potential Hall of Fame guys? And they they basically threw that back at me and asked me if I thought they were. And I said, I'm trying to think of a center in the last 25 years that has played in the NFL that's better than Jason Kelsey. The only center that I could think of that I've seen and played against would be Bruce Matthews. Bruce Matthews is a better player than Jason Kelsey. He's a better football player. But that's probably, and then if you want to go further back, you're talking more like Dwight Stevenson. I think he's better than Kevin Mawai. Um, I think Kelsey's better than Kevin Mawai. Um, now, as for Lane, that'll be more of a conversation because he's a right tackle. Right tackles are harder to evaluate when you're talking about Hall of Fame because that's the second tackle on offensive lines. Now, what'll change and what has changed with that um, is that most of the time now, you see, back in the day, the right tackle, left tackle, And the left tackles still to this day make more money than the right tackles, traditionally. And that will always be. Maniac, 
When I talked to Boomer, he said Hurts could feel pressure from contact. Stecken was a huge loss. And he thinks Finn's birds, um, three best teams of the year. That's great. Hey, hey, Maniac, that's really, did you really call WFAN? Thank you, man. Maniac, thank you, my friend. You are a friend. You are a friend. And I didn't mention, wait, and I didn't mention you, Big Sills and Jacob Media. <laughs> okay. It's all good, dude. All good. Hey, no, you did mention it then. You mentioned me then and Jacob, right? Hey, that's good. Maniac, thank you very much, man. Thank you, dude. Great respect for you, man, to give the show some pub like that. Thank you. Thank you very much. We totally appreciate it. All right. Before we get the legend in, I want to go over some of these games with you guys. No Blankenship or Roby Sunday. Callie Green, is that true? No Reed Blankenship? Hey, can we... Um, can we verify that? Is Reed Blankenship out? Oh, I'm almost afraid to click this. So hang on here. You have a hurt sleigh, no Reed Blankenship, who's playing safety. And no rope. Who's, who's playing? Who's playing? Oh, my. Dude, Hassan Reddick has to have five sacks. Yeah, he, he has to get. Man, is there pressure on pressure today? There is, dude, can I tell you this? If I'm Sean Desai, get this. So let me ask you something now. Callie Green, thank you. Hang on here. Sidney Brown, they haven't trusted him. They haven't trusted him enough to play him. Has he been hurt? I know he was hurt. I mean, you know why? He's not a very good tackler. He's a hitter. He's got to learn to wrap up. That was one of the criticisms about him coming out of Illinois. Is what we call a gorer. He he gores people. He doesn't wrap up. He's not a good tackler. So here, without any kind of safety help, are you going to play press coverage? Or are you going to play zone coverage against Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddell? He's not a good tackler. He's a hitter. There's a difference. See, people think because you're a good hitter makes you a good tackler. That's not the truth. That's not the truth. 
Blitz. One more time. Is Sean Desai going to press those wide receivers? Is he going to press those wideouts? Or is he going to play 10 yards off the ball? Is he going to play 10 yards off Tyree Kill? And let them play pitch and catch because you know what Tua will do to stop the blitzing? Because Fangio knows. You know what he's going to do? One, two, three, boom. One, two, three, boom. Then you're going to bring press up. He'll down the seam. Touchdown, 75-yarder. No safety. No safety help. I'm telling you what they're going to do. I'm telling you on a Friday what they're going to do. They're going to nickel and dime them. Nickel and dime them. They're going to walk. They're going to go right down the field on you. They're going to bring those corners up. And Hill's going to run right by them. On a go route. Because <laughs> you don't have press cover corners. They're center fielders. Dude, there's not a guy in the league that he's the Sean Jackson 2.0. You ain't got anybody on that team that could stop him. Or Dude, Deshaun Jackson would do the same shit to you. You know it. You're going to see a lot of go routes. Damn. Holy cow. Um, I d- Hey, so Big Rhythm said you said that about the Rams. Rams had a good game against you. But who was on the other side of Cooper Cup? I can't remember his name. You got Jalen Waddle on the other side. Ain't no Jalen Waddle on the other side of Cooper Cup. And you don't have the number one run offense in the NFL. How about this? Here's something to think about. They don't have to get 180 yards against the Eagles. They just need 100 yards, 110, 15 yards. That's all the commanders needed. Think about that for a second. Hey, think about that for a second. Yeah, that guy Puka ain't Waddle. Hey, think about this for a second. Shit, the command. The Jets didn't need 280 yards against you on the ground. They just need like a dude. Can you imagine if the so they just say they don't get 180 yards, which they're not, and they get 120 yards. Tucker Viola will throw for 400 yards. Bang, bang. Bang. Go route. <laughs> no Reed Blankenship. Nobody. Who's playing? Who's your center fielder? Who's to stop the big over-the-top play? Who's your second-level help? Who's your second-level help? And the kid Roby's not playing too, right? Who's your second level help back there at safety? Terrell Edmonds. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. 3130, Mayor. I don't know, man. <laughs> hey, 3130. 
Holy shinula. You gotta be kidding me. Yeah, you're gonna have to have Hassan. I agree with that 88. Hassan has to not let it happen. They gotta get back there. So you know what I do if I'm Sean? I do I do that. I, I bring pressure. You got to, man. You've got to move him around. You can't let him get into a rhythm. That's one thing that they like. They like to spread you out and they like to get rhythm going. You, But see, you can't do that in a way because you know why? If you bring pressure and you play 10 yards off the ball, the pressure's irrelevant. You bring blitzes with three-step drops and pitch and catch, what's the point of blitzing? You're not getting there unless you get your hands up and he gets, hey, get this. Could there be a lot of knockdown passes in this game? To me, that's as good as a sack in this game. If you get swatted down passes at the line of scrimmage, shit, that's like a sack. Okay? You got to get your hands up quick here. You got to get your hands up. Hey, hey, Kyle. Jalen Jalen Carter and Davis in there are going to have to wreak havoc. And I don't think – I don't really think the Miami Dolphins' interior – I don't think they're overly stout. You know, some would go, well, look at her running game. I get it. Still, who they run the ball on? Okay. <laughs> look at this guy here. See this guy here again, 5% of what I say. Welcome to how much the Eagles suck show. When I said you're making it to the NFC title game. What a complete un unhinged tool bag. I mean, unhinged tool bag. I told you on October 20th, because of the injuries, at the beginning of the show, listen here, shitbag. At the beginning of the show, I told you on October 20th, you're banged up. In January or December 20th, you may actually beat this team full strength. Simple. How you doing? How you doing? Remember something, Quanzi. Always remember something that the great president, Richard Nixon, said. <laughs> Mr. President, why are you so upset? Wait a minute. Kwanzi, what would give you the impression that you've upset me? You see, you have to remember something, Kwanzi. Only people you respect can make me upset. So for you to think that you would upset me would give you the impression I respect you. <laughs> One of the greatest lines, he did that at a press conference. No wonder everyone hated his ass. <laughs> excuse me, excuse me. What would make you think I respect you to upset me? See, your ego thinks that I respect you. 
don't don't flatter yourself. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, Quan, you're fun, man. All of you are all all of you. Hey, all of you. I done. <laughs> hey, all of you are fun. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> oh, hey, all of you. You know what's a you? You know it's you. It's that thing. You know. It's you thing. It's you thing. Yeah, you know. Okay, it's a you thing. You know. I say keep everything underneath. Make Miami drive the length of the field, tighten up coverage in the red zone. Offensively control the clock, Miami's offense on the sidelines. Chris, exactly right. Tone said that too. That's the one thing that you have to have, man. You got to limit that offense to 59 plays. If you limit the offense to 59 plays and you keep that Dolphins team in check with 59 plays, you're winning that game. You could win it by 10 if you did that. But if that team gets up 70 plays, 72, 73 plays, they could blow you out. They could blow you out. Because let me get this right. Do you think the do you think the Eagles could get in the back and forth with the Dolphins in a shootout? Tone's got them in a shootout, 31-30. How about this? What I want to do if I'm Miami, I want to get out to a 14-point lead. I, I want to get out to a 14-point lead. And I want to see what they're going to do. Because you know what they'll do? As always, the Eagle coaches will panic. And they'll abandon the run game. And then Miami has them. I want the, the Eagles should get out, in my opinion. The Eagles should get out to, hopefully they get out to a lead. I get a 10-point lead on Miami. Don't let Miami get a lead on you because you don't have the coaching that will have enough patience and stay the course. Okay? Maurice thinks that Miami will be out of steam playing in 90-degree and practicing a 90-degree temperature and humidity every day, that they'll be out of gas when it's 50 degrees out in Philly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Who do you think's in better shape, the Eagles or the Dolphins? They practice in 95% humidity, 95 degrees. But you're in better shape than them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's a good one there, man. You got to get 11. I agree, man. You got to get that number up in takeaways. You got to start getting some of that thing going there like you did early on last year. Okay? That you 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 totally have to do that. Um cold air hits different. It does. Hey. Hey Twiz. I will tell you this. This is what you get with some of them cold hey and I'm talking to everybody because I played with, I played in that environment. You get some guys that were born in that environment and live in that environment. And I'm talking to everybody on the roster. You're up there in Philly, man. 50 degrees feels like it's 30 below. <laughs> hey, hey, Tone, it, you, it feels like 
you know, you get your blood thin down there. You come up to Philadelphia, man. Oof. I did a little digging on the Eagles' third down stats. Prior to Thursday night, the Eagles were ranked fifth in third down attempts in 87 attempts and have converted 44 third down attempts, which puts them 50.6. I mentioned the attempts because the Eagles have out them have out themselves in a lot of third down situations, which is why it looks like they don't convert them that well. Miami is ranked 31st in third down attempts with 59. And here, here's the misleading number with that. Look at the amount of third down attempts, 59 to 87. You know what that means? They're not in third down much. They do most of their damage from first and second down. This means Miami's that's right, Tone. I didn't finish your, your your take there. This means Miami's doing a better job on first and second down. That's right. They're killing teams on first and second down. That, dude, they're not very good on third down. That's not a shocker. But when you're number one in points scored, number one in total offense, number one in passing, and number one in rushing, you think you're doing a lot of damage on third down? Most of your damage comes on first and second down. And you're killing teams. Killing teams. Funny sales. Boomer said he's curious to see how Tua plays in Philly. The cold. Huh? Okay. 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 I got you. How he, I, I want to see how Tua plays in that environment. I, I, I want to see how he plays in that environment. Okay. I do. Mommy are converting. Third downs at a 44% clip, which is ranked seventh. Again, though, Tone, here's the thing about the misleading stats with Miami a bit. You know, and here, the reason why I, I pay more attention to the Eagle trends than the Dolphin trends, the Eagles know the roadmap to get to the Super Bowl. The Dolphins trying to figure it out. And you've played, like, to me, the Dolphins are the 2022 Eagles. Because you really didn't know what we had in 22 with the Eagles. We didn't know how good they were. We saw how good they were playing. Can you make that that same kind of like comparison? I didn't know how good you guys were going up even until week eight. But we started feeling this team had something special to it. And that's kind of now, to me, even with the wobbling, you're doing this. Yeah, we ended up probably going to figure it out. Now you're banged up in this game. This would be a com- – I'll tell you what. If you win this ball game against Miami with all the injured players, quite a testament to the locker room and the players in the locker room. Really will be. This game will be exceptionally close. This game will be really close because the coaches keep a minute like they have all year. Completely kept – will keep it close. All right. The greatness – of the Philly Godfather will join us at 5.30 Eastern. What will he say about Dolphins and Eagles? Live from Lincoln Financial. The game of the week. The Nick Saban Bowl. Tua versus Jalen Hurts. The man fired on national television for Tua 
Tua doesn't get the big contract. Hertz gets the $50 million bag. Tua doesn't. Great storylines here. Great storylines. Hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. and Hooters, the perfect pair. You own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger. And I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. Win and save this baseball season from Colony Pools and Power Washing, a local company serving Delaware, Delco, and Chester County since 1970. Are you tired of looking at your greenhouse? Is your roof, siding, deck stained green from algae and mold? Let the experts pressure wash your home and take the pressure off of you. Win with Colony Pools and Power Washing. Call them now at 302-762-2250. That's 302-762-2250. Seriously, you got an issue? Here's a tissue. Never seen people cry more in my life, man. It guys are mean. It gets so mean. <laughs> this guy lies and he's a meanie. He lies about everything he does. And you like, you know, do you know that's what I do? Yeah. Lied about everything, lied about my coach. My coach is the best. 
all the bullshit lies he tells. He's not a liar. He's not. I'm telling you, Stills. It's okay, man. <laughs> man, surely a lot of crying. <laughs> I never see more moaning in my life, man. Oh, wait a minute. Let me think. That was a fun time. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah, that was another one. Yeah. Yeah, Becky. Sure. <laughs> Uh, hey, yeah, yeah. Ooh, not that one. I did that one on a dare. <laughs> and for money. <laughs> hey, I, I did that. I've done that for, yes, I've done that for money. I have. <laughs> it was a dare. <laughs> um, <laughs> Oh man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right on, man. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes, sir, man. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's me. I've been wrong. Hey, get this. Anthony goes, Sills is wrong a lot. You know, for 34 years, you've been right. I can't believe it. You know, I never really thought about it. Hey, maniac, I've really never thought about it. But for 34 years, I've lied on the air. And you know what? I've been wrong. Yeah. I've never thought about it like that. Been wrong and a liar. <laughs> Four decades of broadcasting. God, it's a lot of lying and a lot of, yeah, and a lot of being wrong. Man, unbelievable. Crazy how you could be wrong for four decades in broadcasting. Damn. Yeah. Huh. I never thought of it that way. Way to go, guys. Let's let's revisit one topic. By the way, the legend himself, Philly Godfather, will join us at the bottom of the hour. I can't wait to get his takes on that. How you doing? Um, let me put this out there to you, man. Tua and Jalen Hurts on Sunday. You see what Nick Saban said about Hurts at a press conference? He was asked a question about Jalen Hurts. And... He was asked how and how the relationship went when they took the job away from him. You want to hear the bullshit comments he made about Jalen Hurts so that he could make himself sound better? You want to hear how coaches are – why Saban – here's why Saban didn't make it in the NFL. You want to hear what he said, and I'm going to paraphrase this. This is why Nick Saban could never be an NFL head coach. Because he is an absolute bull-faced liar. And it is about him, not his players. All that shit he says about his players, he's a liar. And it came to how I looked at him. But he lied about Jalen again. And here's how. So they were asking him, Coach, have you been surprised 
Listen to this tone. Have you been surprised on how Jalen has gotten better as a passer and as a quarterback in the NFL? You know what he turned around and said? I told Jalen Hurts that he would probably mature more in our practices being the backup and getting the coaching he needs than actually playing in the games. So Nick's opinion was he helped Jalen become a better player by sitting him as a reserve than starting him. That's the first time I've ever heard a coach try to justify himself for a shitty decision and a coach of that latitude to making an excuse on why he benched Jalen Hurts. And he, why don't you just take credit for Tua? He's doing great. That's like Ryan Day or Urban Liar taking credit for Joe Burrow at Ohio State. At least those guys don't do that. Can you imagine? This guy made it so that he said in a press conference, Jalen became a better quarterback being a scrub at Alabama by sitting back and getting better coaching. His coaches, even though they didn't think he was the better player. Nick Saban said that on a press conference. He said that. Google it. Nick Saban said that when asked about the game on Sunday between the two quarterbacks. <laughs> hey, look, you know, not you know, not starting him. Not starting him, we made him a better player as a guy who was in practice. Taking the reserve and scout team reps, he thinks Jalen became a better player playing scout team. Coaches justifying themselves like little Nikki does on Wednesdays. It's a common theme. So I don't believe him. But you believe a guy. Damn that Doug Peterson can coach. <laughs> Damn that Doug Peterson can coach. Mmm. You know, one thing Tone said in the segment, he goes like this. This guy ain't using numbers in Jacksonville. This guy's got papers like this everywhere, and he's got them all here. They're in the middle of a Super Bowl. Let's run Philly Philly. Okay. I don't believe that was anywhere on the analytics page, that play. So you need to know the difference between him and Mr. Analytics. Or I think analytics are the piece of paper that Howie hands him. Or the apology sheet. 
Nick Saban would never make it as an NFL head coach because he thinks it's about him, not about his players. And all that bullshit he says about our players or this and that, he's a, that's not true. It's just not true. Can you imagine that? Before I bring the legend Philly Godfather in, Nick Saban's going around telling people that Jalen became a better quarterback when they benched him and that his coaching made him better. Can you imagine how arrogant that is? We didn't think you were good enough to start here, but our coaching, you run a scout team, made you the player you are now. That's called trying to justify a mistake. And by the way, why don't you just own it to his playing great? Hey, you can't have both. You made a shitty call on Jalen. And you may have made the right call. I mean, again, it's like Ryan Day going, hey, you know what? We really had a great relationship with Joe Burrow at Ohio State. Well, how come he won a Heisman at LSU? Ah, what the hell? The much anticipated and one of my favorites, he's a legend. And let me just put it to you this way. If you don't have haters, you ain't doing it right. Philly Godfather joins us right now. I love this guy more and more each and every single week. We have up there, man. How you doing, brother? Good, man. I lead a charmed life, Dan. You know that. Just trying to make some more uh, money this week, give out some more winners and losers, and that's that's what it comes down to. Big old smile on you, man. I like it. I brought something up earlier in the program. I watched, damn, that Doug Peterson can coach. <laughs> hey, man, he's five and two. You putting the who who wins a Super Bowl? Little Nikki? Or Doug Peterson. Now, I know Doug's got one already, but who wins the Super Bowl? Doug or Nick? First? Yeah. Uh, Doug. That team's trajectory is, I mean, he's 8-0 on Thursday nights. Uh, they're starting to get their groove. Trevor Lawrence, we were worried about him being banged up, but it looks like he's okay. And they're playing one of the weaker uh, AFC divisions. So I picked him in at the beginning of the year to win their division. To make the playoffs, I nibbled on them uh, to actually win the Super Bowl at twenty-eight to one. Um, but yeah, I think it's Dougie P. Man, he's he, everything's going the right way. It, the plan's coming together for him and Jackson. Can you how, how about this little dynamic? You know, they've been trying to send that team to London for the last ten years. <laughs> Do you realize that they're looking for a brand new stadium? That guy could actually save football in Jacksonville. If that guy just wins, a, if he wins a Super Bowl, they'll never move that team. It'll be the greatest thing ever happened. So, again, it's the Jags. Godfather, it's the Jags. We're not talking about the Eagles culture. We're talking about cellar dwellers. Yeah, but you're talking about Doug Peterson. Dude. Right. He's the, I mean, think about how many years we suffered in Philadelphia. And as great as Andy Reid is and was, he could never bring us the Super Bowl. So many different coaches along the way. And then here comes Dougie P in 2017 with a backup quarterback. That's how good that team was in the playoffs. Nick Foles, they built statues of both of those guys outside the stadium. And they, they brought home a Super Bowl. He knows how to win. He knows when to take chances. 
and when not to take chances. Those, those analytics that everyone's looking at and trying to go by the book like it's the Bible. No, he knows when you use them, when you don't. And that's what's been separating him from all these other guys. So uh, I have complete confidence in Doug P winning the Super Bowl before Sirianni. I'm watching that game last night, and I'm like, they fired that guy? I mean, you fired that guy because you were undermining him in that four-win season because you wanted more say. And then you have lesser coaches now than that. Look at Jim Schwartz, what they're doing in Cleveland. And Frank is a head coach in Carolina trying to turn that. I'm telling you. Why do you go with lesser people today? It's got to be because Howie doesn't like people with authority in those positions. Yeah, and you got to remember, as great as Doug P is, he had a lot of great minds around him, and that's what made that 2017 team so special. And when you got really smart people and they're not yes men, you know, sometimes it rubs off management the wrong way. So that's, that's I think that's what happened in Philly with Dougie P and uh, Roseman. But, again, I think he wins the Super Bowl before Sirianni does. Okay. Read Blankenship's out now. Dolphins versus Eagles, Sunday night football, probably the game of the week. Who wins this thing? Man, this is going to be a tough one. Uh, Eagles are getting some fresh bodies back. Thank God Lane Johnson is okay. We all know how bad the Eagles play when he's not in the lineup, and he's playing Jalen Carter's back. Uh, Miami has one of the worst pass defenses in football. Uh, They've given up the second most points in the AFC behind only the Denver Broncos. Uh, but they do put up a lot of points. That Eagles defensive line is healthy. They're going to bring a lot of pressure. It, you know, anything below that key number of three, I'm kind of leaning towards the Eagles here. Uh, money line, two and a half, two. Uh, Tua has been getting rid of the ball. I mean, quickly this year, making all the right decisions. I think he's been getting rid of the ball faster than any other quarterback in the NFL this season. He does have the least amount of sacks, but this is a different kind of rotation on the Eagles defensive line. And even though they have inefficiencies in their backfield, their defensive backs, you know, kind of, I'm not sold on them there, but they're they're bringing so much pressure. I think that'll be the difference in this game. They got a bounce back win off that tough loss against the Jets and uh, Zach Wilson. And, uh, <laughs> you know, this Eagles team all of a sudden ain't as good as people think they are. They're still a solid squad. Uh, it's going to be a tough one. I think the team that has the ball last this week wins the game. I got 27-20 Dolphins. Um, and the reason I went there is because um, if you're going to play off the ball 10 yards with Jalen Waddle, and, and like you said, they're going to probably do this. They're going to go pitch and catch, pitch and catch until they come up and press on them wideouts. And then you're going to get a go route. And that guy has been getting behind everybody. He's going. If they don't get home. And I'm talking about Reddick and the two tackles inside and Josh Sweat, too, has been picking his game up even more. Um, you're going to have a problem there. And wouldn't you agree to this, too? If you're Philly, you want the lead first in this ball game, And you 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 don't want to play from behind in this thing. No, I don't think they can keep pace if they're playing from behind with this Miami Dolphins team. I mean, they're so electrifying, so explosive on offense. You know, top five in every offensive metric you can think of. And if, you, if they're not getting – you're going to know right away. If they're not getting that push with that defensive line and Tua's got you know a couple extra blink of an eye to throw the ball, they're in trouble. They got to get that pressure quick, fast, and early, or else they could be in trouble here. You know what? I I I I think you're right about the fact that you know, and here's what I say about the Dolphins. See, the Eagles, you know, we they kind of know the game plan on how to get to the Super Bowl and what it's going to take. 
The Dolphins are, just, are trying to figure this out. And I, I even said this too. I mean, at the end of the day, the Jets have better wins than what the Dolphins do, and they got a better record. I mean, they've beaten like the Bills and the Eagles, the yeah. Jets, with Zach Wilson, yeah. and those are quality wins. I don't really don't see a quality win with the Dolphins. So this is this is probably going to tell you more about the Dolphins than it is the Eagles. No, on Sunday. Yeah, but then again, give me a quality win the Eagles have this season. Oh no, they don't have it. No, they play nobody too. <laughs> right. So you know, it, it's kind of hard to gauge going into this game. It's all going to come down to you know the trenches, offensive line, defensive lines. As great as the quarterbacks are, as electrifying as the wide receivers are, and all those weapons on the field, whoever wins the trenches in this matchup is going to win the game. I'm not going to do any longer the shit games like this Raider Chicago game. I, I I mean, I could care less about that game, but I do care about this. And I'm not sure if Ms. Watson is quarterbacking for the Browns uh, versus the Colts here in this game. And you got the Gardner bowl here going on. Shane's done a really nice job, but I mean, I'm not sure if Ms. Watson's playing, but how do you see this thing? They got a great defense. Yeah, I mean, it's probably the best defense in the NFL. The 49ers are top two, top three in every offensive metrics, and they made, they made them look bad last week, and they won the game, surprisingly. I, I had a feeling they were going to cover, but winning that game outright shows you how good that Browns defense is. I don't think the Colts have a chance here. I laid the money line on Cleveland. Anything under a field goal with Cleveland, I think you get the job done. You know, all that Magic Minshew stuff was a couple of years ago. You know, it, that, that that's going away. This Browns defense is for real, and uh, they're dangerous. Does Buffalo send New England to a one and six record? It's a lot of points, catching eight points. Uh, Buffalo probably wins the game. You know, New, I think New England can hang around. Buffalo really hasn't been that impressive this season. They've had a lot of letdowns, a lot of brain cramps along the way, uh, a lot of issues on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, I think the Patriots with plus eight. I think they cover the spread. The Patriots at Gillette are giving eight points. (laughs) I I haven't seen that since the 90s. A lot of points, man. That's a lot of points. (laughs) I mean, I can't believe what I'm hearing here. All right. Washington, who's three and three on the season versus the uh, whatever things, the uh, the Giants. I think they're kind of the Giants now. I don't know. They're one in five and uh, they got Mrs. Jones there at the quarterback position here. Is he playing? I don't even think – is he playing? Is he playing? He's questionable. I don't know. It doesn't I'm make sure a difference. He, I'm sure he's getting a pedicure. <laughs> Remember something, Philly Godfather. There's a couple things men should never do. You never want to go to a boutique and have your feet touched by a guy named Billy. That's not going to work for me, dude. <laughs> I mean, and these quarterbacks today, man, you know, I mean, pedicures – Nobody touches men's feet, and that's what I see this guy here, Daniel Jones, too. Washington, yeah. New York, what do you think here? I mean, it's a division game. The Giants are starving for a victory. Washington defense, one of the worst pass defenses in the NFL. It, lines, The line's moving in the direction of uh, the commanders here. But anything over a field goal, I think it's a coin flip. Give me, give me the Giants at home, plus three, three and a half. I think it's a coin flip. Both teams are bad this season. Do you care about a game like Atlanta and Tampa? Not really. What do you make it a Bucks? I mean, they've exceeded all expectations. It's still early in the season, but this, you know, we talked about it before the season started. 
supposed to win six games on the year. We were talking about who's going to uh, win the least amount of games. Was it going to be Arizona or Tampa Bay? And Tampa Bay surprises a lot of people. Uh, Shake and Bake has been playing better than most people think. But I think Atlanta's the better team. If I can get them at a field goal plus three, lines two and a half, uh, opened up one and a half. If it gets to three, I'll be on the Falcons here plus three. How about this game? This could be the second best game of the weekend here. Detroit at Baltimore. And I'll, I'll put this out there. You could probably make the conversation that Brock Purdy or Jared Goff have been playing the best quarterback of any quarterbacks in the NFC. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's reflective in their MVP odds as well. This is on top. They're expecting some high wins. And if the wins come in 20, 30 mile an hour wins, it's really going to hurt Detroit in their passing game. And it's going to help Lamar Jackson with the Ravens here. Uh, I think the number's spot on at three. If the wins pick up, I'll probably look to play Baltimore. If they don't, by game time, I'll more than likely take the three and a half on the Lions. I've been pretty surprised also with this team, the Rams, but I've also been surprised by Pittsburgh. I, I was expecting more from Pittsburgh, and it's in the uh, unholy dome or whatever that thing is called, So High Stadium, where the Rams have no fans. Zero. I've never seen I've never seen a beautiful stadium where you're not playing well there because you don't have a home fan base. That it, 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 it's, it's really an ugly look there for the NFL when the Rams are playing and crowd noise hurts them at home because the opposing team's fans. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to see a lot more Steelers fans come game day. Than, uh, oh, you bet. It's going to be packed with Pittsburgh. You're getting over a field goal right now. Pittsburgh can't bring the pressure. It's just offensively. They're so stagnant, man. They're one of the worst offensive teams in the league. In the red zone, offensively, they have a tr- trouble scoring. The Rams can still move the ball a little bit. If you get anything under a field goal, I think the Rams are the right side, even though the betting public's going to be all over the Rams. Probably about 80% of the public's going to be on L.A. here. That scares me a little bit because I never want to be on the side, same side as the public. Anytime that happens, I try and pause and reflect and really you know, dig through the game deep. I'm not running to bet this game, but anything under a field goal, I think the Rams are just a better team. You know, Arizona and Seattle, I mean, I don't really care about Arizona, but I care about Seattle because I'm trying to figure out if they're one of the elite teams in the NFC. Do you think they are, or are we still on the fence there with this team trying to figure out who they are? I mean, I think they make the playoffs. They're, you know, they're a tier below the elite teams in the NFC on the NFC side. It's a lot of points they're giving up. They're giving up eight points. And Arizona has been great in this season. If it wasn't for turnovers last week, they would have covered the game last week. Uh, I think Arizona can stay within the number here. If I was going to bet Seattle, I'd try to get them in a six-point teaser, tease them down to like minus one because I do think they win the game and tie them in with maybe like the Giants at plus 10 or maybe the, the Chargers at like plus 12 or plus 13. So I would time into a teaser more than anything. Green Bay <laughs> – Jesus, this is another one. at Green Bay at Denver, <laughs> I mean, I'm really not sure I care about either of these teams too. It's like the shit bowl. I mean – Denver, I mean, could it be possible? Do you think he's back next year, even with all the money that they owe him, Russell Wilson? I mean, I, I don't know what they do with him. Mm-hmm. I don't know where they go with him. No one's picking that contract up. You can't trade him. He's untradeable. I mean, that Denver is – would you agree Denver's probably in the worst shape of any NFL team in the league? <sighs> They might be. You're right. I mean, they do have a great coach. So if anyone could turn it around, it's him. But with the quarterback situation like you're talking about, I mean, you know, they got no money. All the money's going to him, and he's not producing. So, uh, 
They've given up 200 points so far in the season. That's the most in the AFC. I think it might be the most in the NFL. And they're, they've always been a defensive squad, Denver. And to see you know, how things have changed and how bad that defense is, it's really shocking. Uh, the Packers, they were looking good until they got banged up a little bit going into that Thursday night game against uh, the Lions. Uh, but I think they're back. They're healthy. And I think the Packers win this game. I think they cover the spread. It's a small spread. I think they're getting one. Uh, they're laying one. I'm sorry. Yeah, so I think, I think the Packers – you get they get the job done here. How about this one here? The Chargers are really a complex team for me because I mean, I look at Herbert's numbers and I'm like, wow. And then you look at Herbert throwing grounders and not making complete passes. You know, when I watch him play, sometimes he plays three quarters of exceptional football, and then there's one quarter where he just has a Carson Wentz moments. They're just all over the place, and it's the shitty coaching. They've got talent on that team. They just dropped one to Dallas, and they were sloppy in that game. And now they got to go to Arrowhead. This is a big deal here, man, for the Chargers. If they want to be a playoff team, and don't you think Kansas City's got to kind of show you something? Yeah, uh, it's do or die here, right? They lose this, they're two and four. Yeah. And they're in serious trouble because there's so many good teams in the AFC uh, trying to make the playoffs. The Chiefs have one of the worst run defenses in the NFL. So if the Chargers run the ball in this game, they can stay within the number. Both the offenses are top five in the yards per play metric. So I can't see Kansas City pulling away unless you get a bunch of brain cramps from Brandon Staley going for it on fourth downs when he shouldn't. If you see some turnovers by the Chargers, well, then you know that changes the whole dynamics of the game. But I think the Chargers can stay within the number here. If you're getting plus six, I think this is a good spot for them uh, coming off a loss. You're really buying low on this team after the whole world witnessed them losing to the Cowboys the previous week. And uh, the Chiefs' defense – you know, when it comes to run defense, you can run the ball down their throat. So keep them off the field, run the ball, chew some clock, and stay within that Vegas number. Does San Francisco rebound? And do you think this could potentially be the last game before the trading deadline, October 31st, for Kirk Cousins, that maybe Minnesota wants to kind of – because if they lose this ball game, got to feel that there's really not a lot of hope for them to make it to the postseason – and do you want to maybe try to get one of those first-round draft choices the next April's draft? I mean, this is really maybe a U-Haul game here for Minnesota, and it's got to be a rebound game for San Francisco. I hear they're getting McCaffrey back. I hear Trent Williams is playing. I don't know what the status on Kittle is, but I hear Debo's back too. So they're getting their star players back for this game. Yeah, they're going to be back. But, again, like I've always mentioned, anytime you play a tough defensive team like the Browns or even the 49ers, the next week, you never play on an optimum level. It was such a gru- you know, gritty, gru- uh, brutal game last week. Uh, you're laying a lot of points on the road, seven points. Minnesota can still move the ball. Uh, they're still top five in yards per play metric offensively. Their problem is they can't stop turning the ball over all season. I mean, you saw what happened with the Eagles game. You saw what happened with a couple other games in the season. They're a turnover machine, one of the worst teams when it comes to the turnover differential in the NFL. Seven points is a lot of points after a big, tough, grueling game like that. I think the 49ers win. I'm not sure if they cover the number, but I would tease them down to basically a pick them and uh, bet them that way. Two college things for you here. Heisman race is starting to get into a position. And by the way, I have a vote. And so I want to hear what your, your opinion is right now. Michael Penix, Jordan Travis of FSU, J.J. McCarthy of Michigan, uh, Dylan Gabriel, Oklahoma, or Jaden Daniels, who's having really a great year, even though LSU 
is really not having a super a super year. They still have Bama on the horizon, which could put him in maybe of more of a conversation. But of those five guys, and obviously Caleb Williams, who I didn't mention here, who had a bad game against Notre Dame. Um, who's your who's your favorite still to win this thing? Well, as of right now, the uh, Vegas favorite is Michael Penix at minus one thirty. Uh, but he still has three tough games left on his schedule with USC, I think Oregon State, and uh, I forget the third team. But uh, then you Utah, got Utah, I think. I think Utah, yeah. So they still got three games left on their schedule where he can trip up. You got McCarthy, you know, Mr. Shore and Steady, probably the best QBR in college football right now. And if they go 12 and 0 and Penix trips up, uh, he could be in the conversation. Uh, right now, you can grab 10 to 1 odds on McCarthy. Dylan Gabriel, he's down to 10 to 1 as well. And if you look at the opponent defenses he faces uh, for the rest of the season, no one's going to have better numbers than he is. I mean, and I'm basically penciling them into the playoffs. Who are they, who's going to beat them? I mean, you look at their schedule, a bunch of teams with really bad defenses left, and he's probably going to end up with the best numbers of anyone. Uh, but as of right now, now Michael Penix is the favorite. Uh, Williams from USC, he dropped all the way back to 20 to 1. He was the favorite for most of the season. He opened up the favorite at uh, plus 500, plus 400. So now, if you still think he can win it, you can grab a better number. Uh, but I think uh, from a value standpoint, Gabriel at 10 to 1 is still a good bet. Uh, but Michael Penix, as long as he doesn't trip up, he probably wins the Heisman. You think Deion Sanders in that Colorado program was like Haley's Comet? I mean, it came and went and or do you think still the best is yet to come? Because, boy, that Stanford game really put a nasty taste in people because it was terrible coaching and coaching decisions that brought that team back. And it just seems now it's more about getting Shador Sanders the numbers. Did you hear what he said, too? I thought this was kind of, you know, it's, it's the antithesis of what Jalen Hurts is. He says the reason that he doesn't throw incomplete or he doesn't throw the ball away is because he doesn't want to have negative plays so that when the scouts are looking at him, that because you know what? There's a point though, because his dad must have told him, you get drafted on numbers. You yeah. don't get really drafted on wins. Yeah. You get drafted on numbers. And to me, that contradicts what the quarterback position is all about. Think about what he said. The better numbers he has, the better chance of him getting drafted at the expense of taking – he would rather take a minus play than throw the ball away and take a positive play. That, that doesn't sound good, for, you know, from a team effort. I'm not drafting that. That's Jamarcus Russell stuff. Yeah, that's not – that don't sound right. So that might hurt him. Uh, but the team – I mean, let's be honest. They exceeded all expectations. They are supposed to win three games on the season. It came out red hot. Uh, I think the media has as much to do with, you know, now everyone, you know, turning their heads on them because they were blowing up like they were going to win the national championship. And anyone with half a brain knew that wasn't going to happen. Uh, but so far they've done a good job. They're a cute team. They're not one of the better teams in college football. And if they win six games on the season, I think it's a huge win for that, for that, for that college for Colorado. Oh, absolutely. They'll make it to the Liberty bowl with a six wind when they shouldn't, they should be playing in the fruit loop bowl, but instead <laughs> they're going to be playing like in a Liberty bowl or a Gator bowl. Because Dion and what he brings to the table with the uh, the paparazzi around him, seriously, man, that's that guy should be playing in the weed or dot com bowl, not in the some sort of liberty. <laughs> Marketer, he's a great marketer, you know that, Dan. Marketer, I mean, <laughs> people want to watch, man. People want to watch. I get it, man. All right, some games. Penn State at Ohio State. This is a big one here for James Franklin. 
Yeah, it's a tough one, man. And they haven't fared well against Ohio State. I think Ohio State's won eight of the last nine they've played. Ohio State always seems to have the better talent uh, in recent memory. Uh, you got two solid coaches on that Penn State team, Manny Diaz and Franklin. Uh, two solid, great minds there. They've exceeded all expectations this year. They're six and zero, six and zero against the spread. Uh, but going up to Ohio and winning that game, I don't think that's going to happen. And uh, I don't think they cover the spread either, man. It's going to be tough covering that number. I like the under in the game. I went under twenty three and a half in the first half. I think both teams have pretty good defenses. I just I'm hoping Penn State can go in there and win because I'm holding a Michigan ticket at nine to one to win it all. So that'll help me a little bit. Uh, but I don't see it happening. You think James Franken has lived up to expectations in Happy Valley? This year, yes. <laughs> this year, I mean, the only thing that matters is what you do next, right? So, you know, people have recency bias. They only remember, you know, what's happened recently. So if he wins 10 games this year, uh, they were supposed to win nine and a half. That was the Vegas projected regular season win total. If he wins 10 or 11 games and he finds a way to either beat Ohio <laughs> State or Michigan, absolutely, he's exceeded all expectations. And he's got a young quarterback. They're going to get better. Tennessee Bama in Tuscaloosa. It's a lot of points, man. Both teams have underperformed. Tennessee's offense, uh, not too shabby this year. Everyone thinks they're the same offense as last year. They're definitely not. Alabama's starting to catch their groove. Eight yeah. games, a lot of points. Uh, but Alabama needs to win down the stretch. They need style points. They need to blow some of these teams out, uh, not just win the game, but cover the spread and really do some damage because their name recognition is so strong. So if they come down the stretch – and they're beating the crap out of everybody, and some other teams fumble along the way, they can sneak in the playoffs still. So, And you can grab plus 400 on them to make the playoffs, four-to-one odds, which you know, it's a good number. Now, a lot of things have to happen. It's kind of like hitting a five-team parlay for them to get in the college football playoffs. But stranger things have happened, and they do carry that name recognition. I think they win the game this week. I, they got a shot at covering the spread. I mean, if they don't cover the spread, you know, uh, they're going to have a – Problems make the playoffs. So style points, yeah, I think they I think they cover the number this week. I think I, I would lay eight on Alabama. You know, they still got a shot to here, and I'll tell you how. They beat LSU, they beat Auburn. Um, they still have that kind of road there, but obviously Georgia's in the way there, especially on the east side. So, I mean, could they get in? I think it's really gonna depend. In in, in my opinion, it's gonna depend on Washington. Yeah. If Washington continues to win and they win out you're going to want to see balance with the final four because it's been so regionalized the final four with all the teams in the east coast and the time zone and you're going to want to see some team from the west yeah. i don't think it's going to be sc utah at usc i think utah's a better team than southern cal i don't know man they struggle against teams with good offenses uh, their defense looks cute, but anytime they play a solid offensive team, I think they lost to Oregon State. That was the only team that ranked in the top 50 in the yards per play metric. And now you got a USC team that's one of the best in college football. Bounce back game. They're going to be upset. I don't think Utah can stay within the number. I think uh, USC has too much firepower here. If you can lay six and a half on USC, I think you get it done. But then, you know, when, when you're talking about the college football playoffs, if Oklahoma wins out, how do you deny them? You got to pencil them in. Uh, it's going to be either Michigan or Ohio State, maybe Penn State if they find a way to win both those teams. And then you got Georgia with the softest schedule in college football. And like you said, I think it comes down to Washington. If they yeah. trip up, you can put Alabama in there. But if they don't, I think it's it's, it's a done deal. Yeah, no, I mean the uh, I, I forget who, who did Alabama lose to earlier Texas. in the year. Texas. What 
Texas, that's Texas. right. They lost to Texas. And to me, you know, it, this is all about what Washington's doing because the way I see it, FSU, if they continue to win, Florida State's got to be one of those teams because they beat LSU and they beat Clemson this year. And they have to be considered. Then they would have to probably play Clemson again in the ACC title game, which would be another quality win for them. Um, do you put a team from the ACC or a one-loss Alabama team in in the uh, Final Four? I wonder if I'll you know because there's a lot of negativity around something like that. And like you said, between Georgia and Michigan, I just don't see who they've played either. You know, when BCS comes out, do you know that they're going to say Michigan is going to be the number one team in the country? Yeah. And I'm like, I mean, they've played Rutgers and people like that. They've played nobody. They played Vegas, I think UNLV and shit like yeah. that. Yeah, they play some weak teams. But if you look at the Vegas odds right now, Michigan is the favorite to win the college football championship. They're at plus 270. Georgia's at plus 290. So the odds makers are giving them respect. Uh, and you can only play the teams that are in front of you. And they're beating, you know, they're beating the crap out of those teams. Uh, the problem with Alabama is they lost to Texas at home, and then Oklahoma beat Texas. So how do you put Alabama over Oklahoma? Uh, it's going to be <laughs> it's going to get very interesting. Florida State's beating everybody. They're fourteen and a half point favorites this week against a tough Duke team with a good defense. Uh, but I can't see Duke at team. home. Yeah, I can't see Duke scoring with them. They got issues on their offense. So yeah, it's going to get interesting down the stretch. Remember something about Duke? I told you this. They make debate teams. And bombs and like they have Bunsen burners. Florida State's a football program, right? Does my team have any shot against Clemson? Man, they killed me the last two weeks. They turned the ball over nine times. I was I bet on them two weeks in a row. I mean, offensively they're better. Defensively, I mean, they're better than Clemson, but the brain cramps and they're so dysfunctional this over the past two weeks. Coaching, it scares you to bet on them. You're getting, you know, you're getting three points here. <laughs> The right side's Miami, but you might end up with the wrong result here. I, I, the right side's Miami, but I, I haven't bet them yet. Uh, you know, I lost a ton of money the last two weeks betting on them. If they don't turn the ball over, they win both games, let's be honest. I mean, you know, it's uh, it comes down to turnovers. Still got the Cowboys in the Super Bowl? Why not? Everything's going as planned. I had. Do you know Eagles. if the Eagles lose Sunday that got where they're like now? <laughs> That's what I'm trying to tell you. Listen, my plan was this. After six weeks, the Eagles would be 5-1. and one. Their one loss would be to the Jets, but with Aaron Rodgers, not Zach Wilson. And I had the Cowboys at 4-2, and two, but their loss would be to the Chargers and 49ers on the road instead of Arizona. But if you remember, they were missing three offensive linemen against Arizona, and they were missing a bunch of bodies. So if anything, so far the Cowboys, to me, have exceeded expectations being 4-2, and two, you know. Uh, the loss against San Francisco was ugly, but that happens to some of the best teams in the NFL during the season. Then you see them in the playoffs in a, in a revenge game. They come back and they beat that team. So I think we're still sitting good. You got to remember, 16 to 1 odds. It's not like we laid even money on the Cowboys to win it all or to win the division. And at some point within the next eight weeks, the Cowboys will be the favorite to win the NFC East because they're scheduled a lot easier over the next six to eight weeks than the Eagles are. The Eagles are playing. Uh, one of the toughest schedules in the next eight weeks. Niners, Cowboys, Bills, Chiefs. Chiefs. I mean, eight, Cowboys twice. They're playing the Commanders, which is a division game. They're playing six teams with better point differentials than the Eagles are in the next eight weeks. They'll be lucky to go four and four. 
They'll be lucky to go four. They have to go four and four because the Cowboys might end up a game or two ahead of them going down the stretch. And then the Eagles finish up with two division games against the Giants and one against Arizona that they should win. But as we all know, these division games are always wacky. Uh, the Cowboys, uh, you know, the schedule at the end gets a little tougher for them. But I think we're sitting in a good spot, especially with the price that we got at two to one, at 16 to one. You know, when anytime you're getting plus money like that, you're hoping the other team, you know, the ball doesn't bounce their way or they get a little banged up and you just slide right in there. Man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, tell the folks where they can get a hold of you, my friend. You can follow me on Twitter at Philly Godfather. You can stop by the phillygodfather.com. And I'm not a Cowboys fan. I'm a money fan. But when you're giving you 16 to 1 on a team that's almost as good as the Birds, all I need is a couple guys getting banged up like Lane Johnson or Jalen Carter, and the Cowboys are going to sneak in there. Real little man. <laughs> Thank you, Philly Godfather. Thank you, brother. I talked to you. Have a good one. I appreciate it, my good friend. Thank you so much. That's our friend, Philly Godfather. Hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. and Hooters, the perfect pair. If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger. And I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. Win and save this baseball season from Colony Pools and Power Washing, a local company serving Delaware, Delco, and Chester County since 1970. Are you tired of looking at your greenhouse? Is your roof, siding, deck stained green from algae and mold? Let the experts pressure wash your home and take the pressure off of you. Win with Colony Pools and Power Washing. Call them now at 302-762-2250. That's 302-762-2250.
GLES Eagles. Woo! He picked the Eagles, man. Just like the mayor of Philly did, Mayor Shields. He picked them too, man. Um, now look at these numbers, man. Number one across the board offensively. He is right, though, about the defense. But with your mass unit going into this game, I think you're too banged up. You got Lane Johnson, but you got Lane at 80, 85%. Is that good enough? Probably. Probably. But you're not full force right now. Like your hyperdrive's not working. Okay. Your crystals in the Starship Enterprise aren't at full throttle right now. So I think Fangio is going to be a key in this thing. I do think a lead, Eagles get a lead, that's going to be the thing that's going to knock the Dolphins on their ear. If you get a lead on Miami, that will be a tough ball game for them. But if Miami gets a lead on you and forces you to have to, because you know what will happen, like I said, the coaches, in my opinion, what they'll do, they'll panic and they'll get away from the run because they have. Because they have. Okay? Because they have. Twenty-seven twenty. Miami Dolphins. Shoot lane up with some bull shark testosterone and get his ass out there. Yeah, unlike Mrs. Watson in Cleveland. Is that what you're saying, Tone? <laughs> Fins win. 27 to 10. What an iconic week. Big Joe and Xander, thank you so much. And Betty, thank you so much. And thank you. Tone, keep killing it. You are at the mayor. Man, I'll tell you what, man. You get this. That dude will never bet against any. I bet he's a union fan. <laughs> hey, if they, hey, let me tell you this. If they started a ping pong team in Philly, this dude would have a ping pong hat that said Philly ping pong on it. He would be nothing that he's rooting against out of that city, man. Even if the food sucked in a restaurant, he's going to go, you know, there's other places that are better in Philly. He's not going to talk shit on it. Tone, I love you, man. Very good stuff this week. I love the segment. One of the fastest growing parts of the program. Keep kicking ass. Have a great college football Saturday, NFL Sunday. We will see you. By the way, we'll announce the winner also on Monday for our Hooters giveaways. Thank you guys so much. God bless each and every single one of you. We'll see you on Monday, 2 to 6, and we'll see you on the flip side.
Football and Hooters, the perfect pair. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.